0: Dog, I hear you calling. I think it's time for the show. The sleepover's got me confused, but maybe here we go. Mr. Hills and the dog from Maine, event status radio.
1: They're recording again. Aha.
0: Bagels and biceps all over my screen. What are we supposed to do?
2: Recorded live over the internet waves. Recorded live from your local video rental store that's most likely closed. We are the twisted <laughs> steel and sex appeal that your mother warned you about, known as Mid Event Status Radio. I am Jesse I am the Jesse Ventura of the podcast, the Dirty Dog Darcy. Joining me for this special podcast is the Gorilla Monsoon and Tony Giovanni of the Podcast. Joe Drilling and Eric Allen of what a maneuver! What's a happening, gentlemen?
1: I'm uh, I'm not gonna push on that and ask which of us is Gorilla and which of us is Shivani because uh, I don't really want to know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm just uh, I'm perusing my notes from the like June, July WCW Nitros since that's the topic that's gonna come up later. And I was just contemplating the days when we watched the Mauler take on Steve Dahl. <laughs>
1: That was a that was a classic. Uh, yeah,
0: where well, they that, threw each other over the top rope, and it was not a disqualification because they both went over the top rope. Oh, that's man. technicalities, yep. man. Technicalities. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Anyway. So I didn't. Oh, I go
1: didn't ahead. Talk, so what are we? What are we talking about? I was going to ask. What are we talking about first? Are we talking about video games, or are we talking about not video games?
2: We we can well we, let's talk about video games first, and if time permits, we can talk about the other stuff. So, I guess, what's your guys' favorite games and systems growing up? Just in general or from a pro wrestling perspective? In in general.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, Eric, do you want to go first or I can go first?
0: Yeah, I was a Nintendo kid. I just had... had, My uncle had an Atari that I played at my grandmother's house when I was very, very young, like two, three, four years old. And then when I was six, I got a Nintendo and then when i was whatever 10 i got a super nintendo and you know we could only afford one system so i was a dedicated nintendo kid i had nintendo power and all of my favorite games are all of the great nintendo games from that era basically your legend of you know your legend of zelda link to the past and super mario world and mario 3 and um, obviously there's you know tons of other chrono trigger stuff like that Chrono Trigger is a pretty good game, as it
1: turns out. I feel like I waited too long to play it. Yeah, you did. But if you want to hear me play it and Eric <laughs> tell me how to play it, you can uh, <laughs> check out a series of videos that are on our site where we do that. Yeah. Um, so I have to ask you then, Eric, because I don't know if we've ever actually talked about this before. But so, as a d- dedicated Nintendo kids who could only afford one system at a time, mm-hmm. that was like a pretty common scenario for like suburban American kids. And like then the rural. question always becomes like or yeah rural you're like sub you're not know. Rural. whatever okay when you when you <laughs> got to the N64 and PlayStation era did you continue your Nintendo dedication and make the mistake of getting an N64 over a PlayStation or did you I ended up with a PlayStation
0: I ended up with both of those um, I got a Nintendo 64 first. Cause Mario 64, yo, like you played in the Mario 64 demo and I think we had, we didn't have a Toys R Us in the, like locally, but we had a KB Toys oh, and yeah. one of the pl- pl- plazas that had the Mario 64 demo. So, um, Nintendo 64 first and then Final Fantasy seven came out and, um, I, you know, spent whatever, six months begging my parents to get me one of those for Christmas and whatever year that was that would have been 97 right yeah 97 97 for that 96 for the nintendo 64 so i did end up eventually and then once i got a playstation i grew up and you know realized that the the system didn't really matter very much it was the the games that was important
1: yeah so i'm i'm i think i i may have realized that a little earlier than you but i mean my early experience was the same I had I got I my uh the kid up the street had an Atari and I played that and I played uh Space I remember playing Space Invaders and that like blew my mind as like a three year old (laughs) or whatever, four year old. That's
0: an that's an okay Atari game. Yeah it's no kaboom,
1: but Well, but what is? Um Or beat 'em and eat 'em, which is just like Kaboom, but with more
0: well, Egomania And, like,
1: is giant dickhead man people.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's far, far <laughs> down the... Of the Kaboom clones, Egomania rates a lot higher than Beat'em and Eat'em. Mm. Uh, but, uh... <laughs> Jesus. Um, so, uh,
1: we're always here to class up the joint whenever possible. If you want to talk about um,
0: Kaboom clones, this is <laughs> the place to come.
1: Yeah, so we... Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs>
2: so... so uh-huh.
1: Uh, I played I played at Atari my dad was uh young when I was born so he was into like the sort of the arcade boom of the early 80s so actually um he would take me places and like set me on a bar stool and like I would play Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man and eventually he bought a Ms. Pac-Man arcade cabinet that was in our living room for several years and I got really good at Ms. Pac-Man uh but I I had an NES was the first console I owned was an NES and I got it for I think also my 5th birthday sounds about right um And, uh, love that. And then I got a Super Nintendo, but then I convinced my parents to get me a Genesis maybe a year or two. So I was like kind of late on the Genesis train. Like the Genesis came out in, uh, 89 in the U S and, uh, I had a Super Nintendo before I had a Genesis. So it had to be at least two or three years after it came out um but i did have both and then i got uh, uh same as you i got a play my sister and i got a playstation cuz we both really liked it uh we'd rented it from like the video store once or twice and really same
0: ended- rented yeah. it so i could play um basically the first 10 or 15 hours of final fantasy 15 or final fantasy 7 <laughs> to see see what the big deal was and whether or not it was actually something worth investing in an entire console for Yeah, it it wasn't, but I thought it was when I was 13.
1: Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, we, I got it it. all
0: worked out in the end.
1: I got it earlier than that. Actually, when I was just back home last weekend, I was back in the Midwest visiting my family, and my sister's original long box copy of Twisted Metal is like still in her house. And so I was like, oh, hey, it's a, it's a a, like 17 year old video game. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, or more than that, I guess. It's almost a 20 year old video game at this point. Um, and so she was really into that, and I got Resident Evil in the, in the long box was my first PlayStation game. That was what really got me there, uh, and and yeah. So then I, and then I begged my parents for uh, for an N64 as well because Mario 64. So I ended up with both, and I think the N64 is a very important. Even though I would say in general it is the it is arguably the worst uh, system in terms of number of great games of that generation well i shouldn't say that cuz like if the 3DO and the, like the CDi include, are included in that generation then no it's not the worst but in terms of i think PlayStation Saturn
0: and N64 uh i think the N64
1: has the weakest library in terms you of wanna, just, no, you want
0: you want to you want to PlayStation and then an N64 and then a Saturn it depends. that's the ranking
1: uh well but my point, I guess, my point—the point that I'm trying to get to—is that in terms of what we're talking about here specifically, the N64 is arguably the best system to have, and and something that is going to be a big part, I think, of this discussion uh, about wrestling games in particular. Uh, but yeah, like you said, and then that's around the time that you know uh, I sort of realized that the console wars, like arguing about what system is better, was dumb, and just like I wanted all the video games, and so now I'm working on. Getting all of the video games <laughs> as, a, mm-hmm. as a man in his 30s with like a normal job that pays well, I can buy a lot of video games.
2: Yeah, I was just like you guys. I, I'm a little bit younger than you guys, maybe by five or so years. That I grew up, and my brothers already talked my mom into uh, buying a Nintendo, uh, yeah, the first Nintendo, and all that. I grew up, you know, with with them playing baseball games and wrestling games and all that. We got a Super Nintendo then. Had a Super Nintendo for a long time until the PlayStation One came out, and I believe, yeah, I believe we rented it from the video store too, and just to see if it's what we wanted and you know, all that. Because Mom didn't wanna drop the ducats on a PlayStation console if we weren't, really going to be dedicated towards it. But yeah, then grew up uh, just on the PlayStation for few few years when Mom was dating a dating a guy. His kids were big N sixty four gamers and. Uh, his kids and my brothers and I would always fight with them, fight with each other on which system is better, out of the, the, the out of the Super or N sixty four and the PlayStation one and all that. And those times were fun times. So yeah. I guess I, I guess I want to get your guys' thoughts on I guess the how far video games and the systems came from I guess from the start up, up till now.
1: Uh, oh, well, that's, I I mean, um, again, are we talking about wrestling or like video games in general? In general. (laughs) Oh, well, that's, I mean, games are still a relatively young uh, art form, I think. I mean, the, the, the first home video game system came out in the early 70s, um... You know, so we're really only, you know, we're less than half a century into the existence of video games. But that acceleration happened very quickly. If you look at the difference between an Odyssey game (laughs) or, you know, an Atari 2600 game even and something on an Xbox One or a PS4 or a modern PC, uh, you would scarcely believe that this is the same medium.
0: Right. Well it's not uh, just the it's yeah, it's not just the technical stuff, but it's also the the reach as far as um you know, like the the way that people critically think about games is much more diverse now. The types of games that people make is much more diverse now. It's not um the, the goals of the people creating games is much more diverse than it was, yeah. you know, forty years well, ago. I, so it, all like it's everything is different now than it was um the 80s and the 90s and and it's really kind of just in the last 10 or 15 years where that's been possible where the the tools existed um, for for a wide variety of people to sort of create the things that they had in their head when it comes to video games
1: yeah I mean I was gonna
0: say I think part of that is a function of the
1: technology right like I think the technology not only uh it being more advanced but also as as technology for that those things for any art form gets uh, more advanced. Typically it also brings down the cost and the barrier of entry, right? So right. now with things you can, like, you can buy PC an entry maker.
0: level PC nowadays and make a video game. You don't have right. to have special equipment. Um, Which is sort to, of, to kind of stuff. It, it's sort
1: of come full circle, right? And unity plays...
0: licenses are oh, so relatively cheap. cheap. Yeah. And I mean, um, unreal engine four is Basically free as long as you're willing to you know um give up a cut of your profits to uh to epic games epic, so epic and epic I mean games. that's like a ridiculously powerful tool set that like most people don't have the training to take advantage of but um even you compare that to how difficult it was and how expensive it was to license Unreal Engine three and it's just things have changed quite a bit since two thousand six. Yeah.
1: So, well, but it sort of come full circle, right? Like in, in the 2600 days, uh, you right. know, there was you one could program person your own
0: games right. on should, Odyssey era uh, on the Atari uh, like
1: 800 computer or whatever, right? yeah. or Atari 400 computer, you could program a game. You could,
0: and you could buy a book and type in some lines of code and then play a crappy video game.
1: I had a book, I had a book like that for Marvel Comics. It was a bunch of like it had the code for like Commodore and Amiga and stuff that would like Type yeah. all this code in, and then you can yep. play like this Spider-Man game, <laughs> like, yep. um, you know. And and I think, but yeah. So so in those in those early days, like, was one person? Yeah, a lot of people would make PC games uh, and put them in like Ziploc bags and sell them like on consignment at their local babbages or whatever. Yep. Um, and it's sort of come back to that now where like it was like there was this sort of unreasonable barrier to entry in the late 80s into the, like the 90s and early 2000s. And now that barrier to entries come back down. And uh, I think, yeah, there's just a lot more. to, And also the game industry is a lot bigger, right? Like in, in those days, if a game sold a million copies, that was like, you know, in the in the 8 or 16-bit era, like a million seller was like, holy shit, that is a ton yep. of games. And now, you know, like stuff like uh, uh, Tomb Raider. Last-
0: tomb raider from a couple of years ago
1: yeah it sold like a couple million and they were like "That's four million
0: i think yeah. and in said that, that range disappointing or under yeah. projections or whatever so it's like that it's the, yeah. that's a whole other discussion though that has to do with them going way over budget on everything and then needing one one big hit to sort of make up for all the money that they wasted on other projects but right 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 regardless yeah so. That's a whole that's a whole other thing where games with triple A marketing budgets um, cost too much to make. and um if there's anything that's kind of in danger at this time in video games, it's it's those type of games. Um, but there's just so much good stuff nowadays. Um, it's much more difficult to keep. like when I was a kid, the the major barrier to me playing everything that was good was they were just so expensive. And now, like games are, games are so much cheaper now than they were too. Like they're still sixty dollars a piece, but they Not were sixty dollars a piece back to... then. Like that's nothing oh, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that nothing too. today. And and even yeah, with Steam sales and with how cheap indie games are, there's just there are more games than you would have time to play. Um, yeah, these days, but. uh which I mean is normal
1: for most art forms, right? Like, there's more records than you would ever have time to listen to, and right. more films than you would ever have time to go see. It's like now games have just sort of caught up to that.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: so, so yeah, that's we are, your super nutshell history of yeah, games.
0: We are we are like right on the cusp of passing through the, uh, um, the early development stage of video games, and we're sort of passing into the. Uh, like, it would have been in the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s for films, basically. Oh, man. I hope we're on the cusp of, like, the equivalent
1: the 70s. of the 1970s <laughs> of video games. Because the 1970s yeah. in film were, is the best. Yeah. I've said this before and I'll say it again. The 1970s are the best decade for film ever in history. We're getting there. So I hope so. I but hope
0: in so. terms of wrestling video games, th- this is kind of a low point right now.
1: I would say, it's, and and you know, and I think which is reason-
0: saying something because most of the history of wrestling video games is kind of a low point.
1: Yeah, wrestling wrestling video games are sort of infamously low quality. Which also, if you're in, if you're a person who collects video games, uh, and and I. I view myself as a player first and a collector sort of second. Like, I have these games because I like to play them. I'm not trying to get everything in box and with the instructions. And if the manuals ripped or the, the label is ripped or whatever, like, I don't really give a shit. I'm more interested in playing the game than, like, having it to be like, look at this game I have. Um, but if you're into the, buying these old games, uh, wrestling games are almost always super cheap. <laughs> because... They're they're generally considered bad. They're super niche, and most people don't give a shit about them. I just got a really sort of offbeat Japanese wrestling game like last week, and I bought it on eBay, and I think it was like three dollars wow. plus shipping. So like the shipping cost as much as the game. <laughs> and it's like, okay, sure, whatever. So uh, yeah, wrestling games. But but as you say, we're sort of at a low point, and I think the reason for that is in large part because. Uh, as far as diversity in the wrestling industry itself there is none there is none right so and and the companies that, that are sort of springing up like NXT is part of WWE so that that addresses that and then they're not going to make a separate NXT video game right and like lucha underground isn't they don't make enough money they don't have the revenue to make a game and if they tried, what happened would probably be what happened when AAA tried to make a game or when TNA tried to make a game. And it just, like, they don't have the brand recognition to move enough units to...
0: Right. No no big AAA um, budget development house or publisher is going to latch on to a, a license that's not um, almost guaranteed to sell, you know, like we said earlier, like several million copies. Right. Um there's just no point in investing in that stuff um actually i think that with some of those with lucha underground specifically and some of the indie feds there's there probably is some room for um for like a smaller indie developer to sort of take a step back and make some kind of new interesting video game based on those properties Uh, but it might be really difficult to license those um since all the wrestlers are independent contractors it would be really really difficult maybe to obtain the rights to all the the bigger stars and those those different things you know like like you can't just buy the lucha underground license and then get access to all the characters on lucha underground because a lot of those guys own their own stuff right Um, you'd have to you'd have to go to chavo guerrero and blue demon jr and every one of them individually and pay each one of them individually and it would probably get prohibitively expensive pretty quickly and
1: um Well, Chikara also did try, right? Chikara tried to make a video game, and it just seems like it didn't pan out and sort of like faded into obscurity. Like they, they did a Kickstarter, it didn't get funded, and then they were like, "Well, we're still going to try to make it anyways." And that was like two years ago, and like I haven't really heard a peep since then.
0: Yeah. Well, so like the part of the problem is, is that most wrestling video games are just really, really shitty fighting games, right? Um, and so Eric typed up a great big list of. Video games. I don't know where he wants to start, but well, um, we, we, where do we
2: start? I'm also in and say that let's start at the top. You know, uh, when, uh, when I was going through the video games uh, list or uh, Wikipedia page over the last few days to kind of get an outline together, I, I found a few different games. That I guess it really didn't fit into uh, subcategories. I uh, or, or like TNA, ECW, WCW, and such. But I, I, I got a couple few games that. No kind of out there. Uh, take Team Pro Wrestling on Nintendo. Do you guys have any memories uh, of that or Pro Wrestling on Nintendo? Uh,
1: yeah, I definitely do. I think I have – I don't know that I'm missing any NES wrestling games from my collection at this point. I think I have them all.
0: <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know, right? Because um, none of them are any good.
1: Mm, uh, Tecmo World Wrestling is okay.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's
1: not good. No, it's not good. Uh, tag Team Wrestling was actually an arcade game, and that's, there's a weird thing happening there, because I want to say that Technos, that was the first wrestling game that Technos did, and they did many wrestling games, and they would go on to do one of the best and most well-remembered, which is WWF WrestleFest, eventually. But Technos did a bunch of arcade wrestling games, and I believe Tag Team Wrestling was their first, and then the NES port was done by Data East. It's very, and, very bad it's very very bad and it's and what's weird about it is and i and i've mentioned this before in a, a video i made uh about a year and a half ago but the the master system game pro wrestling is almost identical to tag team wrestling there's a couple of important differences but it's like it's like sega just whole cloth ripped off tag team wrestling <laughs> uh and the, the the grapple system is this weird thing where you uh, you walk towards the other person and you sort of lock up and then there's a list of moves you can do and you hit the A button to, to move further down the list and the further down the list is the stronger the attack is. But if your opponent picks the weaker attack first <sighs> and they execute theirs, it's a really terrible system. And the only thing that it's really noteworthy for at this point is that the, the evil tag team in that game, the heel tag team, are called the Strong Bads, <laughs> which led to an infamous character on Homestar Runner. And I think that's it yep. for tag team wrestling.
0: Uh, Pro, think- Pro Wrestling was actually a pretty good game in 1987, but uh it's one of those original black label Nintendo games that's just it most of the stuff that came out in the very early days of the Nintendo Entertainment System don't hold up very well and that I include that game in that number. Yeah, um, but it was it was totally fine back in the day, especially compared to all the licensed garbage that came out like wwf steel cage match oh. and what was the wrestlemania was the one with the bouncing foots for yes. the, they were power-ups for andre the giant and yes. the nightstick for the big or the was it there was no, a no. flame for bam bam There's big a, low there right, was uh, a
1: cross for hulk hogan
0: yeah uh guitar for honky tonk man it's probably sunglasses. i guess it was a fiery cross is that that's Maybe. probably in bad taste i'm sorry
2: oh oh yeah don't, so don't pull hulk hogan have. on us it's <laughs> um, probably so, too
0: early to joke about that. But. No,
2: probably not.
1: Because the joke is at the expense of Hulk Hogan, then it's not. True. I guess if the joke is at the expense of black people, then it's too early to <laughs> joke about that. Then it's never a good idea. Then it's never joke. okay. Yeah, then but then if the joke it's... is at the expense of Hulk Hogan, and it's always okay. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, I mean, the, NES Pro Wrestling is interesting because it did, it was among the first games to do a couple of things. So excuse me while I get all like video game history nerd on you for a second. Um, there are two things that NES Pro Wrestling does that uh, sort of set a tone for a lot of games to come and uh, console wrestling games. And one is that it, it wasn't the first game, but it might be the best well known example of the grapple system whereby you walk into your opponent and you do a collar and elbow tie-up, and then you just mash the fuck out of a button. And if you mash it harder and faster than the opponent, you do a move. And if they mash it harder and faster than you, they do a move. And the problem is, when you play against a computer player, they can just mash it harder and faster than you when the computer feels like it, and so you just get your ass handed to you once you pass a certain... Like, once you beat a certain number of dudes, the computer just starts annihilating you. And then the only fun way to win – the only way to win is not fun, which is to do the kick move and then walk to the other side of them, let them stand up, do the kick move, walk to the other side of them, wait for them to get up and do the kick move, rinse and repeat forever until you pin them, which is not fun at all. The other thing it does that a lot of wrestling – Japanese wrestling games especially would do is it makes uh, sort, of, sort of satire uh, versions of real wrestlers so it doesn't have to pay anybody. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And that is like, that is sort of the legacy of Japanese wrestling games. is There are a ton of Japanese wrestling games that use real wrestlers, but name them something else and change their gear just slightly enough to like avoid being sued. Um, and that's what this game does. So basically, this the NES, Pro, excuse me, NES Pro Wrestling's roster is basically like Abdullah the Butcher and Mil Mascaris and Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and. You know, uh, Antonio Enoki and, you know, whatever. The but... creature
0: from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> that's, that's, that's Abdullah
1: the Butcher. Um, or, or maybe Tiger Jeet Singh, I'm not sure. But it's, you know, it's like,
0: and, and that... Or the guy or... from Dragon Ball Z.
1: <laughs> oh man, let's... Oh Let's not let this get dragged down into a discussion about Dragon Ball. Um, but so, yeah, so that's... Uh, that's it's, to- it's totally the Creature from the Black Lagoon. It rest. is it is the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Anyway. Uh, but he wrestles in a style reminiscent of a lot of Japanese hardcore wrestlers that were popular. Yeah. The-
0: Although, to be fair, all the characters in these games have... Uh, in this game has, like, four moves, so they're kind of blank slate that you could put on just a you could overlay almost any wrestler on them go like and this is kind of similar to this guy's moveset
1: well but like like fighter hayabusa does the back brain kick which was antonio Inoki's finisher like forever and ever and that is like he's known for so it's pretty obvious like japanese dude black trunks black boots does that move like that's supposed to be
0: Inoki, right and well Uh, just like the creature from the black lagoon is famous for his noogies (laughs) that's
1: right exactly um, that game also, interestingly, was done by a subcontractor. Uh, so Nintendo published it, but they subcontracted it out to a company called Tri, who would eventually become human. And the guy who primarily uh, did a lot of the direction and work on pro wrestling went on to start the Fire Pro Wrestling franchise.
2: Which, uh, I so. guess, yeah, I might as well kick into Fire Pro Wrestling since I know very little about Fire Pro Wrestling. Uh, okay, well...
1: Fire Pro Wrestling was a was, and I say that because it does it seems like it may be dead, which is very sad, but uh Fire Pro Wrestling was a an extraordinarily long-running Japanese wrestling game series that started on the PC Engine, which is the Japanese turbografx 16. And there were three games there, and then there were probably f- six or so on the Super Famicom, which is the Super NES. And the reason it's not super well known in the US is because only three No, four Fire Pro games actually came out in the United States. Um, And those are Fire Pro Wrestling for the Game Boy Advance, Fire Pro Wrestling 2 for the Game Boy Advance, Fire Pro Wrestling Returns for the PlayStation 2, which is arguably the best wrestling game ever, Uh, and Fire Pro Wrestling for Xbox Live Arcade, which is a steaming pile of goat shit, and you should never, ever play it. (laughs) Uh, um, But those uh it was it, it what it did is it took that mash the button to do a grapple grapple system away and made it timing based which was a huge innovation and then like in Japan after that especially in the 16 bit era like the market was flooded with sort of like mediocre fire pro imitators um but it was a timing based grapple system and it added things later like audience matches where you had to wrestle a certain style, uh, and let your opponent do a certain amount of offense. Cause if you just did squashes all the time, the audience wouldn't respond well to the match and you, you didn't advance based on whether you won or lost, but based on if the audience liked the match. Um, so those kind of innovations came from, from them and still not a lot of, uh, not a lot of games have really picked up on that or, or moved forward with, with that. It's so
0: always clumsily implemented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the Fire Pro is a super important series, and I would recommend like anybody who has a PlayStation Two or a PlayStation Three that plays PlayStation Two games or whatever. Like, I think you can probably get Fire Pro. Well, Fire Pro returns. Is I got actually, it for two
0: dollars at a GameStop like four years ago. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I can't imagine it's much more than that these days. No, and it's so good. It's so brilliant. So
2: a game that wasn't so great or brilliant was the I guess the attempt that TNA made on. Making a video game and that's TNA Impact that came out in September two thousand eight. Do you guys play it? I
1: did. Yeah. I did. I, I I rented it from Gamefly and it came out it was I I wanna say that was that might have been the game that put Midway out of business. <laughs>
0: which makes me hate it wow. even more. <laughs> yeah, that's not the same. That is not Midway by that by two thousand eight, Midway is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, but there's a lot of speculation. This is sort of the nail in the coffin, right? Because it cost... The game. The one thing I will say about this game is that it looked really good. Yeah, that's one thing I enjoyed about that, too. Uh, I mean, comparing... Again, you said it came out in 2008. If you compare this to the SmackDown vs. Raw games that came out in the same time frame, this game looks ten times better than those games. Uh, but it plays like utter garbage. And what's really depressing about that is... When the during the, I was reading that following the development and reading all this stuff, and all the people were like, Yeah, man, like we want to make it just like No Mercy, just like no, like we're trying to make another No Mercy, a new No Mercy. And I'm like, Okay, great. And I played it, and I was like, I don't know what game you guys were playing, but this is nothing like No Mercy. This game is ter- it's terrible, it's almost unplayable, and and I don't remember what systems it came out on, but I played it on the PlayStation 3, and it looked really good, but it was just utter, utter garbage.
2: Yeah, I bought it for the PlayStation 2, and yeah, I I wish I didn't, because I hated the controls. That's one thing that kind of got me out of wrestling games altogether, which I'll discuss later, but yeah, just the controls. I had a tough time learning and all that. I spent hours on the game trying to figure it out and get used to it, and I had a tough time just getting used to the controls for for that game.
1: Yeah, it was really it was really awkward, and that was where Suicide came from. Like there was this character Suicide who was like in the storyline. You played as this dude named Suicide, and then they brought him. Like they had a guy I don't even remember who it was. Hernan Hot Stuff Hernandez maybe portrayed him, but they actually then like yeah they they made him like an actual guy on TNA because that's how, like, run out of ideas they had already, they already were, like, seven years ago, is they were like, we'll just take the guy from our video game, and, like, what the hell? And there was a bunch of, like, shenanigans about, he was unmasked, and then it turned out, then there was another suicide, and it it was TNA being TNA, but, uh, yeah, that that game was was not good, and I believe the AAA game that came out a couple years later used the same engine uh, through some, uh, somehow, like, they got, they licensed the engine from whoever bought the rights from Midway when when they went under, and uh, it, that game was also utter garbage.
2: So Then we might as well talk about some uh, ECW games. To my knowledge, they only came out with two, ECW Hardcore Revolution that came out early 2000 on the 64, PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and Dreamcast, and ECW Anarchy Rules that came out in Later on in two thousand I think right on August for the PS1 and later on in uh two thousand for the Dreamcast. I guess did you guys play either either game? Uh yeah, I have
1: a I have a boxed copy of Hardcore Revolution on the N sixty four actually that I think I paid like two or
0: three dollars for. Um
1: yeah. it's I mean it's literally yeah. Uh, The uh,
0: Attitude, et cetera, WWF games for the N64. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what happened in uh, the late 90s is Acclaim had the WWF license for like 10 or 15 years or something crazy like that. Like the WWF WrestleMania VHS board game that I have was done by Acclaim, which is weird because they weren't a board game company. They were a video game company. Uh and it's so a video
0: a, game. It's, it's a video, video and
1: game. In a game. Yep. Uh we got to play that one of these times you're here by the way. We really need to need to do that. Uh but it's uh they they made almost exclusively really bad wrestling games. And I think that's part of where wrestling games being shitty like a, as a reputation came from all of the acclaim and LJN published WWF games cuz most of them were were really bad. And they ran, the license ran out. So they had done two WWF games they did WWF Warzone and WWF Attitude. And then they lost the license and didn't renew, or WWF didn't renew with them, or they couldn't reach terms. So WWF went to THQ, who had previously been doing WCW games. WCW went to EA, and uh, that left. A claim sort of out with a wrestling engine no no nothing to do with it so they went to ecw who was uh, sort of the the distant third of the big three quote unquote. Yeah,
0: especially league. because by the time those games came out ecw was pretty much already um doa yeah i mean
1: like when you're when you're talking about Anarchy Rules coming out in August of 2000, I mean ECW's last pay per view was in January of 2001. Yeah. You know, so we're like you're talking about like they're less than six yep. months away from from Terminal at that point, and it's just and it's and like the thing about it is that Anarchy again, you like two games coming out in the same year. Anarchy Rules was basically just like a slightly more playable version of Hardcore Revolution, which was really kind of rushed to market and not good. I mean, neither of them are good. Hardcore Evolution, like again, borders on like unplayable, and anarchy rules is not good, but like at least it's not broken and glitchy in the same way.
2: Then we might as well uh, get into the WCW games and all that. And the first one that came out was for the Nintendo system in March of nineteen ninety was WCW Wrestling. I have very very little memories of the playing the game. Yeah, like, my yeah. This is one of the games that my brothers used to rent all the time and play. And only thing, only memory I have was I think Andre the Giant was a boss in the game or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he yeah he was uh, sort of.
1: Um, Eric, you Became played this more. Re- s- re- you played so this more bad. recently than I did because you played
0: it for a so, stream. So bad. Yeah, we Joe and I did a. I don't, were we recording a what a maneuver? We were recording or? a what a
1: maneuver and doing the Wednesday stream at the same time.
0: Right, point. and I was just playing a bunch of random wrestling games. I it made no impression on me other than it was in the way that most early, pretty much all wrestling games are, just super clunky and not any fun to play. Yeah, um, I didn't know how to do any of the moves, and there weren't many moves, and it was an ugly, blurry mess as far as the graphics are concerned
1: everybody wears full length tights and the player one guy I think is always wearing like yellow tights and the player two guy is always wearing blue tights. Like well, the wrestlers are all just head swaps. That's all the that yeah. changes from, from, except for Andre the giant who it's not Andre the giant. He's quote the WCW master is the name of the final boss. And it's basically Andre the giant in his, uh, his big machine or giant machine, uh, gear with the mask. Um, the big failing the great one of the great failings of WCW, I think, in their early days especially, especially when they were still Jim Crockett promotions and before they sold the Turner and became WCW sort of proper, is that they didn't license things this like with WWF, like when I was a kid, when we were kids, like you would go to the Toy Store and there'd be WWF action figures, and they were they weren't articulated at all. Like they usually had like one point of articulation, which was super lame, but like they were there, they were action figures, and there were video games. I mean, on the NES there were See, there's WrestleMania, WrestleMania Challenge, WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge, <laughs> and there might have been another one, but I, there's at least three. Superstars. Oh, King of the Ring. King of the Ring. So oh, there, were four, yeah, yeah. there were four WWF NES games,
2: and there was one WCW NES game. You
1: know? And so it's like, WCW seemed like they never really, and same thing, like Game Boy, there was one WCW Game Boy game.
2: Yeah, WCW, the main event, or something like that, that came out yeah. in February of 94.
1: And and you know and that's it. And there were uh, there were several uh, you know WWF Game Boy games. And there's one Super Nintendo game. And there were like four WWF Super Nintendo games. So it seemed like WCW was just not trying to tap into the market the same way, or trying to get their name. I just
0: I don't way. think I don't think they were probably pursued in the same way either. Mm. Like, WWF had a name cachet, especially in the late 80s when the Nintendo was, you know, at its most popular um, that WCW never really had, at least not until the late 90s when, you know, NWO and the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that. Like, when I was a kid, um, and I think you might be right in that like part of the reason that I thought of WCW, if I thought of it at all, was like a B-tier thing or just yeah. a thing that was never really um That just it just was not something that was on my radar. But um, I also just think that that is like
1: super cool on the cover of WCW wrestling.
0: Yeah, but just like that perception is also why like nobody would want to go after them to actually make um, games based on those things because they just weren't as uh, popular. They weren't as uh, didn't have the name recognition. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's but it is somewhat interesting uh, of a game because uh, again, there's a lot of wrestlers in this game that would never be in another wrestling game. Like, I think this is the only video game appearance, or maybe uh, certainly the only U.S. video game appearance of like Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, of like um, like Micro. He was the leader
0: of the Dungeon of Doom.
1: Yeah, well, micro. So IRS would be in games later, but like Mike Rotundo is in this game, and like Doctor Death Steve Williams is in this game. And what's weird about it is that um, I think the only run, so this was based that this was just taken basically cut whole cloth from a Japanese. I want to say it was an all Japan video game, and they just changed the characters. Basically, they didn't change really anything besides that. What's weird about that is there's one character who was common between the American version and the Japanese version. It was Road Warrior Hawk. And that's so weird, I know. But he's the only character, I think, that was in both versions. And, but, but when they brought it to the U.S., they didn't, have, they didn't use Hawk as Hawk. They changed him to somebody else, like, for wh- whatever reason. So let's figure that out. That's WCW. That's that's some WCW video game booking right there. We'll have the same guy be in the two games and we'll change him to be somebody else in the, the U.S. version. And
2: do you have uh, any other thoughts on the main event game for Game Boy? So
1: the only thing I actually just watched, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, there's a YouTube series called Joe Gagne's Fu- Wrestling Funtime Arcade, I think it's called, or Funtime Wrestling Arcade. Um, and it's basically just a YouTube series about wrestling video games. And I just watched the episode about WCW The Main Event because I had never played it, and uh, I didn't realize that it was the first video game appearance of Steve Austin. So I didn't know that either. Yep,
2: stunning Steve Austin is
1: a playable character in WCW The Main Event.
2: So, okay, then do we do you guys have any thoughts on WCW Super Brawl for the Super Nintendo that came out in November of ninety four?
0: Uh, it's, just, it's bad. It's bad. It's really bad. It has um some really fantastic it does have Pilman. You know, um, it, it has some really special like artifacted um Super <laughs> Nintendo JPEG <laughs> images that are just like blurry, like two color <laughs> pixelated hot messes that you scroll. Like in some some of the what? pictures you can kinda of like, oh that kinda of looks like Vader, like leg dropping a guy, and then sometimes it's just a like a blur of like human flesh colored pixels that is uh, indistinguishable from it's like it's like modern abstract art a lot of those pictures it's um like it pit also fighter.
2: has
0: yeah it also has a really yeah it is it, it is kind of like pit fighter It also has a really spectacular character selection yes. screen
1: that's what i thought you were talking about when you started talking about <laughs> yeah. the tags and stuff <laughs>
0: yeah because the character selection screen it's um it's the whole roster of guys um in a grid fashion and then they make these really horribly uh, digitized um, clips of them saying things at you as the player. Um, I, I don't think you have to scroll over them to, no, to no, them to random. say it. They're just talking they just randomly. To you. Will do it. Yeah. yeah, and then they like pop out of their grid. Yeah, and, like, Lex Luger like flexes at you, <laughs> and um, Vader points, and it's just like that part of it is interesting in a like hilariously bad way. But the uh, actually playing it. Is uh, just a miserable experience. Um, you you for just some don't reason,
1: know what you're doing. Ever, like, yeah, it's like ever... it's like
0: top down, and the ring is rotated um, 90 degrees, so it looks like you're fighting inside of a diamond. Well, because yeah, um, I
2: I took note that it's a place from a three force overhead perspective or something like that. Yeah, so yeah.
0: I mean there were Nintendo like some of the Nintendo games had a similar perspective there, like there were other games that were but usually they would just put it in a square ring and then have the like the the ropes would be in front and then you could kind of move your guys up and down and this one yeah like, like the sprites were 2D but they could move around in the diamond but it would like restrict your movement so you like if you were too close to the top point of the ring the characters couldn't like move apart from each other yeah. it's uh it was just a it was a bad idea, poorly in- implemented all, all over the place but it it um it is definitely something that's worth booting up in an emulator just to experience the character yeah. selection screen.
1: yeah, I actually looking at it right now, and this roster is also pretty fantastic so the roster it is a good game, roster yeah the roster of this game is the, the natural sure. dustin Rhodes
0: uh vader ravishing rick you you look at him in the top corner in um it would be impossible to name him based on his image um, <laughs> and the character character yeah.
1: selections well he's just like looking down and pumping his arm i'm looking at it right now uh okay good and uh let's see i'm sorry the rick flair johnny b bad aka mark marrow aka oh my god why uh Rick Steiner, Sting, Brian Pillman, Barry Windham, Ricky Steamboat, Ron Simmons, and Scott
0: Steiner is the.
2: Yep.
0: Is and the for team. some reason, the Steiner brothers aren't next to each other.
2: No, they're not. Yeah. So I guess another WCW game that was okay at best was WCW vs. the World for PlayStation 1, on 1 that came out in September of 96. This was the first WCW game created by THQ. And I felt like it was one of the crappiest THQ wrestling games that came out.
1: Uh, It's better than WCW Nitro or Thunder. And Thunder,
2: fair, yeah. Fair it's enough. better than those two. But so, uh, it's not. I guess, good. at least for graphics wise, it's one of the crappiest. That's,
0: I mean, that's like that game is a D minus, and those games are Fs. So. Right. So, Ws, don't
1: think I, I don't have the uh, enmity towards this game that you guys seem to. Uh, but it, so it was developed by a company called The Man Breeze, uh, who actually is AKI, who is responsible for some of the great wrestling games that we're going to talk about. But this was sort of their first attempt. Um, and I think it was okay, uh, but not good, but it was basically the first virtual in Japan, it was virtual pro wrestling. It was the first entry in the virtual pro wrestling, but all the characters are like weirdly sort of fat. Like they're like, they all have this weird, like barrel chested character model, and uh, Jeff Jarrett is in it with the nipple cage, so I mean it's got that going for it, so
2: I guess one thing I enjoyed about this game was the League Challenge and the best of seven modes the the League Challenge seemed like it was like the Iron Man tournament that WCW had for a few star arcades, and most wrestling games that I know of do a best of three series, not a best of seven, so I guess that's two things I did like about WCW versus the world yeah, it it's fine. Uh, it's not... I mean, at this point, I wouldn't
0: seek it out if you had so it. There are so many games that are, like, upgraded versions of that that there yeah, is right, right. L- l- literally no reason to play that game other what I, than as a curiosity.
1: Uh, it is what is... So, yes, and speaking, speaking of curiosity, one thing that I do have to mention, because I'm going to try to get as many fun facts into all these as I can, uh, is that this was the first game to feature Sting with his crow uh, attire. Even though he wasn't actually, he had not wrestled in that attire at all yet, uh, yeah, and actually, he's on the cover
2: right?
1: Yeah, he's on the cover, and it would be ten more months before he actually had another match
2: in that getup. But he's in it; he's in the game, anyways. So. Is it this? game or Is it the next game that also has a fake stain as a playable character? Uh, next one. Okay, so we also well talked about that. It'd be WCW for his NWO World Tour for the Nintendo 64 that came out in November of 1997.
0: Yeah, it's totally is, totally fine, but totally also made obsolete right. by the follow up. Basically,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Totally, uh, it, this one is interesting because it has Ric Flair, and the rest of the N sixty four wrestling games do not have Ric Flair. So I guess if you're really into Ric Flair, who actually looks like Dino Bravo,
2: yeah, <laughs> Fat Ric Flair,
1: <laughs> yeah, he looks like Dino Bravo in this uh, in this particular uh, game, but he's there. Uh, which is more than you can say for um, any of the other N64 games. But yeah, as you said, just but at the time it felt really fresh. You know, at the, at the time that it came out, this is part. See, and what's interesting about this game is that I partially credit it with getting me back into professional wrestling um, because it came out in late '97, and you know there wasn't a ton happening on the N64 at that exact moment. And uh, some friends and I bought it because we were sort of casual wrestling fans and we got into this game and then we were like, we should start watching wrestling again. And then we started watching wrestling again and then I really haven't stopped watching wrestling since then. So uh, I probably would have come back to it either way. But I will say this game probably gets, again, at least partial credit <laughs> for
0: uh, for that. You can order it at, what was the phone number, Joe? Uh, From all the I- promos, it was like $70 <laughs> and you could order it on... By calling, it was like one eight hundred. There was a one eight hundred number you could call. I'm almost positive ran it. on a bunch of episodes of Nitro um, where you could buy it. Was like seventy dollars. Fucking ridiculous that is. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm almost positive that I have a screen cap of it here. Just give me one second.
2: Well, because uh, I thought I saw a commercial for the Revenge game that we'll talk about in a few games down. I thought I saw a commercial for this. I think either sixty nine ninety nine or seventy nine ninety nine at that time. To buy
1: it. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And, and cartridge
0: games... Everybody uh, that complains about the price about uh, having free-to-play stuff in video games and downloadable content, this is why. Because the price of video games has actually gone down <laughs> yeah. over the course of the last 20 years. And the only way that they can make up for that um, loss of revenue via inflation and via rising de- development co- co- uh, costs is by implementing new strategies to actually make money on their products. Um, so if you want to get rid of that stuff, you could just pay like a hundred dollars per game and get everything in one package again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Fair uh,
0: enough, right?
1: and people complain when Batman Arkham Knight did that, they're like, you can get the season pass for a hundred bucks and it includes all the DLC. And right. it was yeah. like, I can't believe it. And I'm like, well,
0: that's reasonable. Actually, that's, that's... what that probably should
1: cost. So I thought I had a screen cap yeah. of it, and I, maybe I do somewhere, but I found my inflat- the the, the, the <laughs> Royal Rumble Inflatable Chair screen capture yeah. <laughs> and the, the Bruise Cruise What, do you have an image file?
0: Do you have an image folder on your uh, hard drive that's just like WCW and WWF <laughs> promotional items?
1: Yeah, a lot of them. No, no, that's the problem, because then I probably oh. would be able to find it if I had a folder like that. They're scattered I have in a, a bunch of random folders.
0: I have a folder that I've, where I've started keeping screen caps of Paul Bearer faces. <laughs> Um, which I should do something with that at some point. There's every reason in the world to have that. Yeah, I should at least put him <laughs> on the What a Maneuver Twitter page at some point. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, this game's totally fine. The follow-up is um, better than pretty much every way, aside from the loss of Ric Flair, I guess.
2: Then I guess I you know, Joe, you kind of mentioned a little bit, but the Virtual Pro Wrestling for the '64 in, in December of '97.
1: Uh, yeah, so that that is the same. That's it's. I, I want to say almost to the letter the same game as the WCW NWO World Tour. Um, it's it was licensed by I want to say New Japan, and then they had a bunch of fake wrestlers in there that were from All Japan and Noah and whatever else, which is which is all retained in the uh, in the WCW game with different names. And I think maybe some of the WCW wrestlers were slightly different, but I think like, I want to say the cover of that game has like Muda with his NWO face paint on, on the cover of that game. So that, that game is, it's the same, uh, virtual pro wrestling Two, which I think we're not getting to quite yet is, uh, unless you want to talk about it now is is quite a different game. We we, we may as well know. Sure. Virtual pro wrestling Two. Uh, I think it's called Odo Keisho is the full title Is um, it's a it's a it came out after WrestleMania 2000, so it has the full move sets for all the WCW guys and all the WWF guys who were in WrestleMania 2000. It's got a bunch of extra moves, it's got a ton of characters from all the Japanese promotions. Um, a lot of people say it's the best wrestling game ever made. I put it below No Mercy for a couple of reasons that I can talk about when we get to WWF games. But it's still really great. I have a copy of it. Uh, importing for the N64 is easier than for some other systems and harder than for like the Super Nintendo because um, the cartridges are shaped differently. So if you want to play Japanese N64 games, you have to like, open your system up and basically make either – you either have to cut big plastic chunks out of your cartridges, which I wouldn't recommend, or you have to open up your N64 and modify the cartridge tray to cut out the blocks that block the games from being inserted, which is what I did. Um, but uh, Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 is, is definitely something that's worth checking out because it's different enough from No Mercy where I wouldn't say, uh, as we've been saying, like it, it was not made immediately obsolete. Uh, like a lot of these other games that we're talking about from AKI,
2: then I guess the next game is WCW Nitro for the PlayStation came out in 1997, then for the 64 came out February of 99, then for PC came out in December of 99.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that uh, and Thunder. Fuck that game. Yeah, WCW versus NWO Thunder and WCW Nitro. Basically, the same game, and they are both just fucking terrible.
1: They might be. They might be the worst wrestling video games ever made, and I know that.
0: That's that puts them among the worst video games ever made. Right. Like, and this is
1: the thing. I know there's
0: so many bad wrestling video games, though. That so, that's a hell of a list, right there. It, it,
1: it really is, but. I don't, like, I cannot, I cannot tell you that there was ever another time in my life when I... Pile driver. Oh, God. What, there was a, like, I bought that game and I regretted it so fast. Mm-hmm. Like...
0: Yeah. I played a, dem, there was a demo on one of the old, not, it wasn't PlayStation Underground, it was probably the official PlayStation Magazine um, demo discs, and... Yeah. Um, it was. It only had two characters. It was like NWO. It was like Hollywood Hogan versus the Giant or something. And it just was a just a mess. Um, yeah, yeah. It, those are those are very bad it, games. It's got a
1: huge roster, but everybody only has. It's, it's like going all the way back to like original
0: like uh, Nintendo games, where yeah, you like do you only have three, two moves. moves because you only have two buttons. Yeah. It's, yeah, and given the era that it came out. Um, in, in the like the breadth of character customization stuff that was in both of the popular Nintendo 64 franchises, we haven't talked about the uh, w, the acclaim warzone attitude games um, with the WWF license. Um, those are not good games anymore, but again, like the character cu- customization stuff in there was um, really, really impressive and what kind of drove uh, drove those games, and that game didn't have any of that stuff. So
2: I know one thing I had to settle admit was I owned all three versions of WCW Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Why? Uh I think partially the the PC version my mother found at a garage sale and bought it for like a buck or two. Uh I think for the PS1 she bought it for me when it came out in ninety seven and I think for the sixty four I was just collecting in wrestling video games Recently for the sixty four I'm like, I may as well bought it even though it's the shads and I play it for maybe two minutes at most.
0: Yeah, it's it's not
2: good. Then uh, I guess the next uh, next game we can talk about is WCW vs. NWO Revenge for the sixty four from on that came out in October or oh, the October of ninety eight. I like this game a lot. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's probably considered one of the first greatest wrestling games ever, at least for the 64?
1: Yeah, I feel like when it came out to, everybody sort of knew it, right? It was one of those games where it came out, people got their hands on and they were like, this is so good. You know? Yep. Uh, And I still revisit this one because I think there is a value uh, now, right? So this was probably the last great wrestling game to not let you create your own dude. uh, Or lady, you know? And I think... There's a certain value in being stuck, like, in being having to use the roster that existed in a company at the time. You know, as opposed to, like, if you go back and play SmackDown vs. Raw 2005, 10 years ago, like, you're just going to use the dude that you probably created and is still on your memory card from then. Or you're going to create an... The
0: And Villain!
1: <laughs> is that a... That was,
0: no, that was my one of my brother's characters from... Would have been Here Comes the Pain, I think, was the last... But I'm pretty sure I still have a memory card somewhere that has all of our uh, all of our characters on it, and that is the one that I remember for some reason. Anyway,
1: yeah. But so it, you know, so it's got this roster that you have to use, and it's really like it's a very specific moment in time where like Davy Boy Smith is in there, and he didn't stick around WCW for a super long time, you know. Um,
2: you could play Larry Zbyszko. If you wanted to. Uh yeah, there is Bisco. Eric Bischoff is a playable character. <laughs> Which talk about Eric Bischoff. Sadly enough, I had him win the WCW title once in my game just for I can see what the world title looks like spray painted NWO. We're on uh, around Bischoff's waist. <laughs> How did it feel? Uh, felt, it kinda of sucked trying to play Bischoff all the way through the gauntlet <laughs> because yeah, Bischoff the only thing you can really do is just kick people, and once I played through as somebody else to defeat uh, Bischoff for the title, it was rather e- uh, a rather easy match. Mm.
0: You didn't have a like a loaded boot to put on Bischoff to make winning the matches easier?
2: <laughs> That's only if I, I would have fought Larry Zbyszko.
0: Okay. That would have made for a really good championship match.
2: Especially at Starcade.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that game is totally great i like i like the i think that the i mean the whatever the uh the best of those um style wrestling games is the wrestlemania or not wrestlemania 2000 the one after that for nintendo 64 just because yeah without the the character creation and character customization stuff like it kind of falls a little flat but that game is still really really good
2: uh, one game that I guess we already talked about was WCW vs. NWO Thunder that came out December of 98 for the PS1, which was horrible. It's, ex- it's
1: exactly the
2: same as fucking yep. Nitro. It's Unplayable exactly Garbage,
0: the, the sequel.
1: The only know? thing that's fun... We, you know, we Actually, we didn't talk about the character select screen on that, though, did we? The, uh, that is uh, Similar to Super Brawl, the character select screen on Nitro uh, yeah. and Thunder is fun because you... They'll do, like, if you press triangle or something, they do, like, a little taunt. Like, there's a little video, a, like, an actual video recording of the person. And, like, Kevin Nash's is just, like, the laziest shit ever. <laughs> He's just like, please pick me. Come on, pick me. Uh, and you're like, wow. It's true to his character.
2: Yeah, but, well, yeah. Well, I guess the only uh, thing different from Thunder was that you are able to uh, select which table your wrestler competed in, like NWO Hollywood, NWO Wolfpack, Raven's Flock, Horseman, or WCW, if that really mattered to you.
1: Yeah, right, so you everybody, everybody. they made a four-horseman outfit for all of the characters. So, so you could put anybody in the horse, and they'd get, like, horseman gear. Or You could put anybody in, but that, it's it didn't matter. The game is fucking trash.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess we, well, I guess as, as, as I said, we can talk about the next two WCW games, which were in the same category as trash. Uh, first one was WCW Mayhem for the PlayStation 1 and 64 that came on. August of ninety nine and Game Boy Color in April two thousand. Yep.
1: Those <laughs> games are those games are really fucking bad. Not as bad as not as bad as uh, uh Backstage Assault. Well no, certainly not as bad as that, but not as bad as uh Nitro and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh but also very bad.
0: Yeah, so there's um with WCW mayhem and backstage assault, there is a on GiantBomb.com, which is a video game website, um they did a stream with this guy named Dave Lang who's um, – I think he's the CEO of Iron Galaxy who made Divekick and they've done some PC ports and they've worked on a bunch of different things. But I think Divekick is probably thing that they're uh, most well-known for and um, they did a stream with him where he played through a bunch of the games that he made when he was working um, for um, Electronic Arts. Um, oh, and I see where this two is. Two of those games were WCW Mayhem and WCW Backstage Assault. And he talks about um, sort of the short uh, timetable that they had to work um, on to make both of those games. But this, and the, the, one of the, the funniest things that he says is that, um, like, Mayhem runs a lot better than Backstage Assault because they had more time to sort of work with the engine. Like, they run on the same thing, but they just couldn't get Backstage Assault to run at a consistent frame rate. And they so, like, it's the newer game, but it looked way shittier and ran way shittier. Um, And he talks a lot about, like, like the idea of them having a wrestling game that doesn't take place in a wrestling ring and just all the different stuff. Um, it's a pretty fascinating bit of uh, wrestling video game, um, lore. If I think you have to be a premium subscriber, it was like a Thursday night throwdown thing that they did. Like, I don't know. I want to say like three or four years ago at this point, but, um, it's just totally fascinating. They also play the. He also worked on the Space Jam like NBA Jam ripoff oh, thing. For PlayStation on, and Saturn. Yeah. Wow. Um, so there is a, he plays that and talks about the development of that too. So it's a it's some pretty fascinating um, game dev talk on that on those fronts. But both uh, yeah, both of those games are very bad, um, and that's an example of the developers kind of. Um, knowing that the game that they're going to put out isn't very good and not really being able to do anything about it.
2: Then we might as well just talk about it, you know, or mention it, since we already talked about it, WCW Backstage Assault for the PlayStation 1 that came out in November 2000 and for the Nintendo 64 that came out December of 2000. And like we said, this is one of the games that was the complete chats. And if there was ever a video game... Inspired by Vince Russo, I feel like this was a game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if we blame Vince Russo for so much, why not blame him for this shitty video game, too? And I believe, I don't don't know if it's still there. Dave
0: Lang says that they were just trying to do something that would make it stand out from... Like, I think that the previous game had a few backstage sets. And then they were going to try and put a whole bunch of them into the new game, and then they kind of ran out of time to actually do the ring stuff, so they ended up just using the backstage things. Like it it just was a it was a very strained development. Um (laughs) and sounds
1: like it it, now I really want to watch this, but it is you're right. It's a premium thing. it's it's, it was the Thursday night throwdown April twenty fifth, 2013. I can probably hook you up. That would be great. Um but yeah, I mean the thing at the time, right? Like at the so I was in high school when that game came out and my friends and I all thought it was fucking hilarious that they were making a wrestling game with no ring. Like, yeah. that was the joke then. And and I think this is one of those weird internet things where I believe, and maybe it's down now, but I remember, like, even as of, like, two or three years ago, the website on EA, like, the subsite from EA's website for this game was still up.
2: <laughs> so talk about sites yeah. that are still so, Isn't there on tbs.com, like, a page for a Thunder that's still supposedly up or something like that? I don't know, but now I want to find was,
0: out. That was going around Twitter recently. I don't know if it still exists or not. But um, I was just, and I'll say one more thing about Backstage Assault is that they did. Um, so I've never actually played it, but watching Dave yes. play it and do all the various weird things. Um, like, there was a lot of thought that went into making like all the different things in the backstage areas um, interactive. Like, you, there's so many different things that like your wrestler runs into a thing and something weird happens or you can pick up, you know, like the various things that are laying around backstage, or you can climb up on things. So, um, like, like they, they tried, like there was some people putting ideas into it, but, um, it just, it, it never had a chance to come together and it probably wasn't such a great idea in the first place.
1: So yes, the WCW Thunder page is still up on <laughs> TBS's website. Yeah. And let me read to you what is currently on. On this page. Sure. Effective Thursday, March 27th, WCW programming will begin a period of hiatus. During this hiatus, WCW will review its programming plans and determine the course of future WCW-branded entertainment events. More information will be posted as it is made available. While you're waiting for the return of WCW, be sure to check out the Superstation's other action-packed <laughs> offerings like Man-Made Movie and Movies for Guys Who Like Movies. And if you're interested in more enhanced TBS excitement, log on each Friday night for Enhanced Dinner and a Movie.
0: <laughs> Is that where the guy just takes boner pills? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay. I hope so. Yeah, so there's your sorted of history of WCW video games.
1: Yeah, and so the only, the only thing left to mention that I don't know if you had mentioned is just that uh, Mayhem 2 was it was it started yeah. development and was going to be uh, put out on the PlayStation 2 and it was going to be done by AKI, who had done all the N64 games that we just sort of raved about. Uh, but it was shelved when uh, WCW was purchased by WWF, but apparently it, basically what they had done and what they had sort of started to lay out uh, became Def Jam Vendetta.
0: Right. Which is an interesting game. Yes, an awesome game, but interesting is definitely a word for it. I think awesome is going too far, but uh, it's, a, it's a, it is a it is a surprisingly good game that is interesting for a variety of reasons.
1: Yes, yeah. I don't remember if that's on the list or not, but well, uh, we should talk about. We just that. talked about oh, it. Yeah, we, we just did. Yeah. Well, it's a hip hop, but it's a it's a rap. We didn't explain what it is for anybody who doesn't. Okay, know. Yeah. it's a wrestling it, game starring rappers who are on Def Jam Records. Yeah. Uh, and pick it, Method Man. Uh, no, pick Red Man. Pick uh, pick and Method Man. And it, and it it plays almost exactly like um, you know, No Mercy and that and uh, that stuff. But like some of the finishing moves are way more cartoony and are like things that you couldn't actually do in a real wrestling match like there's like i feel like there's stuff where like you it's like WWF uh, or WWE all stars kind of stuff where, like you throw a dude up in the air and like catch him and do a death valley driver and stuff like that but mostly it's basically just sort of like another not as good uh uh no mercy with rappers yeah. instead of wrestlers Small, so really small was one. was
0: it was the, was it the, was it that game or was it the sequel where you kind of had to do things in time to the music that was playing in the background that and was, could get boosts and stuff? No, no, that was the
1: third one. That was that the was, third one. That was Def Jam Icon.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: That was done by a different. That studio. game's not so good. No, that game is bad. Yeah, <laughs> that game's real bad. The second, the sequel is Vendetta. Def Jam yeah. Vendetta which uh you could play as Henry Rollins in that one.
0: But there was no Vendetta is the first one Fight for New York. Oh so.
1: sorry, Fight for New York is the second one. It's the, the second uh, one. Yeah. yeah. Uh that was the you play as Henry Rollins in that one so it gets like some uh, brownie points from me. Uh but also there's no ring in that one either. Like it turned into like, like it still plays like a wrestling game but it's like a fighting game like there's like matches in a subway station, yeah. it matches uh in, It's more like pit fighter. It's yeah, but not well, no, hold on there. <laughs> Let's ease up a little bit on that
2: Okay. Uh, but you
1: know, yeah. So yeah, Def jam, the death jam series. It's, uh, it's okay.
2: So then we might as well go and talk with the WWF slash WWE video games. And a game that I never heard of before, other than doing research for the podcast was called micro league wrestling that came out for the Atari and all that in 1987. Do You guys ever hear about that game? Uh, yes.
1: So a t- Micro League Wrestling came out it – it didn't come out for the Atari – the home Atari 2600. It came out for one of their computers, the Atari ST, Commodore 64, Amiga, and uh, there was a DOS version. It's, um, it's sort of like – it's like, almost like a visual novel or kind of like a text adventure. Like there's yeah. like – like you get like really, really horribly artifacted like sepia-toned pictures of the wrestlers. And then like you pick from a list of things you want to do and then it shows a different picture – of if you're like successful or not. Uh, it was the first WWF-licensed game, and it's not good. <laughs> but it's interesting in that it plays in a way different way than pretty much any other wrestling game uh, yeah. that has come out in the United States. So,
2: I guess the next game is WWF WrestleMania for the Nintendo that came out in January of 1989. Yeah, uh, we
0: talked a little bit about this oh. Went it's trash. Way back at the beginning of the show, it yeah, it's total. It's it, it's not a good wrestling game. I got it for my seventh birthday, um, and you know we played a bunch of it because we were dumb kids and didn't have anything else to play. And um, I don't know, it has a giant foot that you can get as Andre the Giant. <laughs> Power right. up. It, but it's it, it, impossible to do moves. Pretty much, all you it, can do is punch and climb up on the ropes and jump off and miss because yeah. the perspective is so difficult. It's to, so weird. It's so difficult to line up the characters in a meaningful way.
2: Yeah,
0: um, you can't go
1: outside the ring. There's no tag team. There's. No, it's yeah. Well, the so ring terrible. is gigantic. The ring, I mean, is it's gigantic. like an
0: it's an infinite ring. It's like a <laughs> it's a ring that takes place outside of uh, that exists outside of time and space. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, and the misery that you feel while playing it exists outside of yeah. time and space as well. It it and also so there so there is a there is a grapple
0: thing mechanic you can yes. do
1: but like it's impossible. Yep. Like, so I did a, I made a video about this game a long time ago. It's not
0: impossible. It is possible. You can do. There are there's like pile drivers and shit in that game. It's just almost impossible yep. to pull but, them off.
1: But in the time that I captured footage for that game when I was playing it to make that video five years ago or however long it was now. Uh, I got one grapple move off and it's, I think it was supposed to be a body slam, but like literally Hogan just like picked up the dude and like hucked him like a bag, like a sack of potatoes. <laughs> like you just like yeah. lift him up and it was like, and he just like flops over and like that's like a body slam. It's like, it's so bad. It was done by Rare. The only thing that's good about it is the mu- the music is actually pretty on point in that game. Like the chiptune wrestler themes are are pretty good.
2: So the next game is WWF superstars for the arcade that came out in 1989.
1: I also made a video about this game. <laughs> uh, this is a recent one. I just made a video about this game a few months ago uh, for this year's WrestleMania special for same name, different game. I, I like this game a lot. This is sort of the, the similar to what we talked about with like WCW versus the world is that like they made a sequel that immediately made this game obsolete. Um the only thing that's cool about this game is it has Macho Man, and the sequel doesn't. So, like, that's kind of your. And it has Andre the Giant as the final boss, um, or it's a it, uh, so it's a tag team game actually. So you you have six wrestlers you can pick from. It's uh, Honky Tonk Man, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Hogan, Warrior, Savage, and Big Boss Man, which is kind of weird. Uh, and then you so you pick a tag team and you play through and you beat everybody and then you face the Mega Bucks at the end, and basically the goal when you face the Bucks is to try to get Andre to tag DiBiase and then not let DiBiase tag
0: out ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because otherwise you can't win.
1: Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's, a, it's an arcade wrestling game. It's another Technos uh, arcade wrestling game, which again they did tag team wrestling. They did one called uh, Matt Mania that we didn't talk about that's not super important to talk about. Uh, but then they did this game, and then they would do... Um, WWF WrestleFest, which we'll get to uh, in a couple of games here. But uh, it's it's mashing, it's button mashy to do grapples, but it's a lot more forgiving than like NES pro wrestling. Like, you don't just start automatically losing grapples. You can go outside the ring and like you can pick up a table, and when you hit the dude to the table, it breaks in half. (laughs) (laughs) You can use the other half of the table, and when you hit them with that, it like shatters into dust. Uh, There's some weird cameos in the audience, like Billy Lee from Double Dragon is sitting in the front row.
0: Yeah, that game sets the uh, sort of establishes the trend that the the video games that divorce themselves the most from wrestling games and try to make them more arcadey and more like fighting games are the ones that are generally the most fun to play.
1: Yeah, it's basically like a merging of Double Dragon and a fighting game. That's yeah, basically what it is, which works surprisingly well, uh, yeah. and also it has really great voices that aren't the the actual voices. <laughs> yeah. So it's got like me and Gene being like, they've said they're going to challenge for your world title. It sounds nothing like Gene. And then Ted DiBiase, I don't know what, I I don't know how it happened. But DiBiase is like this weaselly little, he's like, I'll put you to sleep with my million dollar dream. And it like, he sounds more like. Sounds like like Mark Barrow. I was just going to say that. (laughs) There you go. Uh, so, uh, But nothing like Ted DiBiase, which I think is like kind of hilarious and great. Uh,
0: DiBiase didn't need the money, but Mero did, especially <laughs> back in the early 90s. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. No kidding.
2: <laughs> so yeah, that's WWF Superstars in the arcade. Then the next game is WWF WrestleMania Challenge for the regular Nintendo that came out in November of 1990.
1: Uh, so I would say, and this is faint praise, a low bar to clear. Than you want to put it... I would say it's the best WWF game on the NES. And again, that is really not saying much. Uh, again, though, the music, I believe David Wise did the soundtrack for all all or most of these WWF wrestling games, uh, and he just did great things with chiptunes uh like so this game has a Rare, roster the
0: Kirkhope and Wise team at Rare are two of the best um like video game music producers of all time yeah like that that is a that is a great team that has produced many great soundtracks yeah, like um, I,
1: for some reason, like the the Donkey Bruce, Kong the Marlboro, Country VK. games
0: have great sound. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was just saying, good soundtracks. Viva yeah. Pinata has a great soundtrack. Like the they did all like almost all the the really good rare soundtracks was all them. RC Pro Am has a great song. Oh in it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. But yes, all the the wrestling the wrestling themes are. All the, did David good is now. David
1: Wise responsible for the Battletoads Pause Jam?
0: It's probably <laughs> one of them. I don't know who because um, they both worked on. Like a lot of rare stuff, but it's probably one of them. So yeah, because that's also a jam. That
1: is a total
2: jam. Yeah. Then the next game is WWF Wrestlefest for the arcade that came out came out in June of nineteen ninety one. So I'm gonna say that this
1: is one of my favorite wrestling games of all time. uh It's not the most refined thing. It is. It's an arcade game, and so it's very arcadey if that makes sense. Again, it's sort of like uh, Double Dragon meets a fighting game, kind of, with a grappling system. Uh, but man, I put so many quarters into this. There's four players. My friends and I used to go to the arcade and play the shit out of this game, play the Royal Rumble. I think at the time, there was no game that had really done the Royal Rumble mode justice. Um, and this game, you could have, like, I don't know, like up to six characters on screen at once, which for like, for a game of that vintage was super fucking impressive, to have that many wrestlers on screen with no slowdown at once and all the sprites are huge and super detailed and the roster is uh not like the best roster ever but it's pretty solid like it's hogan warrior earthquake um demolition but unfortunately it's smash and crush not axe and smash which is kind of lame uh jake roberts mr perfect sergeant Mm -hmm. slaughter um just a really great... And they all have their finishing moves. They all have their finishing moves, which is great. And the Legion of Doom are the final bosses, and uh, they will fucking destroy you with the Doomsday device. Um,
0: then, yeah, that game's pretty good. The, the arcade version, for sure.
1: Yeah, and then... well, then they So they remade it for iOS, which is kind of weird. And I don't know how that worked. If they got, like, who remained of Technos to do it, I don't think they did. Which, Technos is now uh, all owned... All those trademarks and all that stuff is owned by... Um, Million is the name of the company. Um, or, no, I'm sorry, Million just sold them to Arc System Works, who did like Guilty Gear and all that stuff. But um, uh, they redid it for iOS, and that it was like what I saw of it was fine. It looked, it looked, it had the right look. It was updated, so it looked a little bit more like a Flash game rather than like a classic, you know, 16, 32 bit uh sprite work but uh the the art style of like how cartoony the guys looked was pretty good and it was a mixture of old characters and new characters and then they were going to port it to Xbox Live um and there was even like a page on Xbox Live with like a trailer and everything and then it just never happened and i don't know that anybody knows the story about like why it never actually came to Xbox Live um which is a shame because i would like to be able to play it with a controller and you know instead of like Horrible touchscreen controls
2: on an iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. So. Talk talk about the uh, in the arcade, the Wrestlefest that uh, on a family vacation that we uh, the Darts family would go drive up to Duluth, Minnesota, which is a popular port town up by uh, Wisconsin, Lake Superior, and mm-hmm. it would be about a three-hour drive for where, where we used to live back then. And I remember that my brothers and I would go. I don't know which store, but a uh, store in Duluth and would play Russell Fest, I think even into the mid nineties and all that and I yeah. i one the main reason why I wanted to go to Duluth was just to play Russell Fest on the arcade
1: <laughs> well, what other reason did you have to go to Duluth, Minnesota?
2: <laughs> just to go see Lake Superior that's really about it, yeah, see
1: there you go once you've seen Lake Superior, like whatever it's a big lake, yeah <laughs> um. Yeah no I yeah I, I played the game definitely as well into the mid even to the late '90s. The arcade near my house had a machine and just didn't get rid of it for a really long time. And uh, my friends and I we would go a bunch of us would go and we'd play that and D and D Tower of Doom were those like, were our four player jams.
2: Yep. And the next game is WWF WrestleMania on the Atari in 1991. Is that correct?
1: <laughs> uh, I see that you have this here, but I definitely do not remember that game at all. Okay, because, yeah, when I, when was going through oh, it... no, no, p- no, I'm sorry, it, that's another PC game, so that oh. was on, like, the Atari ST... I okay, think, yeah, okay, like, that explains it, then. The, uh, the com, I think there was a Commodore version of that, too. Yeah, and it was basically, like, you had three... Yeah, you had three characters that you could choose from that were baby faces, and then you would face a succession of... Heels, yeah. uh, of heels, yeah. Mister Perfect Warlord, fucking Warlord. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Yeah, so you you could play as Bulldog Warrior or Hogan,
2: and then you took on. Yeah, it's, it doesn't play well. It's not good. Okay, it's I guess good. the next game I was surprised to hear was called WWF European Rampage Tour that came out in 1992.
1: That's also not very good. Uh, but it does have a really amazing like flip the disc screen with one of the road warriors that is like holding a giant floppy disc and being like flip the disc like <laughs> that's that's amazing but it's that i think i played that in an emulator like way after the fact um but i think it only came out in i think it only came out in europe i believe
2: which would make sense with uh, with europe right. being in the title right and it, again it's not it is not good so and then, the next game that came out was de- WWF Super WrestleMania for the Super Nintendo and Sega Mega Drive that came out April of nineteen ninety two. Uh,
1: yeah, it's um bad. It's real bad. It's another bad wrestling game. You can't even do like they don't. They not individual It doesn't have move moves. Sets. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have individual move sets at all. No finishing moves or anything.
2: It's not good it wasn't it's a- on
0: par with the NES WrestleMania game, and that everybody has the same move list and. It's difficult to do any of those moves.
2: And wasn't the startup screen a picture of the w- the WWF title on the white strap. Uh, I th- maybe I don't remember. Think
1: so. Well, the title screen is Hogan ripping his shirt off. Okay. Then I think the menu screen. The menu screen, the menu that, screen that, has the yeah the belt with the white the white strap. Yeah, because
2: yep. it wasn't the white strap WWF title belt only in No Holds Barred and nothing else. I believe so. Ultimate Warrior might have worn it too. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing Warrior hold that title for any pay-per-views, but I could be wrong, though. I don't remember. I don't know. So the next game would be WWF WrestleMania Steel Cage Challenge for the Nintendo and for Sega that came out in September of 1992. Sucks. (laughs) Yeah, I I was going to say, my only memory I have of this game is that I was playing through the WWF title tournament and being so close to to the end and being beaten by the Mountie and being pissed off enough that I was being pissed off that I was so close of uh, like a couple matches away for challenging the WWE title and I threw the controller down. I think it bounced and it hit the TV and I just stormed off and and just left the system playing for like twenty minutes or a half hour or whatever.
1: Uh, I don't have that experience with this particular game but I do have that experience with other games so uh, I I feel you man but yeah this game, I never played the the Master System version I think was a Europe only thing I don't think it came out in the US because the Master System was dead as fucking disco by 1992 in the US Uh, but I'm sure it's not any better, again it's the same thing there's no special moves, there's no individual movesets, everybody plays exactly the same this game sucks
0: and the next game is. It has the it has the Mountie in it, which distinguishes it from most. Uh, it does have actually. The it, ha- it has he a very. His it has a really good roster, and then it's like also the Mountie. It's like Hulk Hogan and Sid Vicious Undertaker. and all the biggest, yeah, all the biggest names from 1993 and does also But say
1: it was a good, it was a great roster, and Sid Vicious was on it. Well, he
0: was like I said, he's one of the the big names of that era.
2: All right, all right. Then the next game has to be probably one of my favorite wrestling games of. All together, there's the WWF Royal Rumble that came out on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo that came out in June of 1993.
1: Uh, this one the most noteworthy thing that I can think about this one is that it, the the two versions, the Super Nintendo and the Genesis version, had different rosters. Like one of them had Hogan, and one of them had uh, the Sega would have had the would would have had Hogan. Yeah, I had Hogan, and I think. One of them had flair, and the other one didn't. Uh, Super Nintendo remember. one had flair. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you could actually do finishers, yeah. but it's still it's still basically the same game. It's that mash buttons until you win, and like after a very short while, the computer starts cheating like a motherfucker and just wins every grapple. Um, I don't especially like this game. It's it's of these of this sort of mini series. Uh, it's probably not as bad as WrestleMania or Super WrestleMania, in my opinion. But I, I don't like it.
2: Then the next game that came out was WWF Raw for the Super Nintendo Sega 32X Sega Genesis Game Boy and Sega Game Gear that came out in November of 1994 uh yeah I just got a copy of this on 32X at
1: too many games last month um it's not very good
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I, I only put it put it on Super Nintendo and to me it's just like the Royal Rumble but you know for the submission finishers like for Brett and Owen Hart you can actually win the match by using the sharpshooter, unlike oh, right. into the you had to put them
1: in the rumble. Yeah, put them in, the, in that rumble. You had to put them in the sharpshooter and then pin them yeah. after, instead of they, they. Yeah, it also added really weird super finishing moves where like you could you would do like a spinning clothesline that went like around the whole ring and weird stuff like that um, were added for this one, which is sort of weird. To have, like, an otherwise straight-laced wrestling game and then have it where you can do, like, this tornado clothesline that goes all the way around the ring. But it was interesting, I guess. It also has Luna Vachon. So um, there's no other lady wrestlers, just Luna. So if you play as Luna, you fight all the dudes.
2: So there's that. Then the next game is WWF WrestleMania, the arcade game that was obviously for the arcade. Genesis, Super Nintendo, PlayStation 1, and Saturn that came out in 1995.
1: Yeah, so this was at a time when Midway was making a mint with their sort of like weird, sort of extreme arcade sports games. Uh, So they did NBA Jam, which made them a ton of money. And then they did this, which is basically WWF NBA Jam. And they did uh, NFL Blitz. And they did all like that was all in this sort of time frame. And this is just another one of those uh, sort of games where like, the Undertaker can throw ghosts at people uh-huh. and hit them over the head. It's a, a
2: spectral
0: tombstone, tombstone that he yeah. whips
2: out when he yeah. yeah. And uh, Doink has like a hammer and, and yeah. razor. Assault. Razor, I think, had a razor or something like that, or two by four or something in his arm. His arm, his arm turns into turns a razor into, blade.
0: Yeah. Yeah. um yeah when you like punch doink bowling pins and clown <laughs> noises fl- <laughs> fly off them yeah, it, yeah i actually i really like that I, I really like this game quite a bit um i think of all the games with digitized um f- like sprite graphics this one it might be the best looking one on the super nintendo um just because the animation is so much more fluid than even like i mean like obviously mortal kombat is sort of the go-to standard for that kind of stuff. But everything is super stiff. And then uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game, like the animation is very fluid and it looks really good, you, especially if you compare it to like the Pit Fighters or the Time Cops or the Batman Forevers of the world, which um, they they don't look super bad when, they're, when you're looking at a static image of them. But in motion, they just look like hot shit garbage. And this game actually, like the animation is very smooth and um, it actually looks pretty damn good in motion. What's your guys' yeah. thoughts on the this WWE? My, my favorite of the Super Nintendo wrestling games, even though the roster so, is extremely limited.
1: Well, they, uh, no, and it's, it's, there's, it's down two characters from all the other versions for reasons that I don't fully understand to this day. Uh, yeah. Like, I think it's Bam Bam and Yokozuna, I think, are not in the yeah. Super Nintendo version. No, yeah, they're not. Uh, but they're in the Just Genesis like version. like Brett
0: and The Undertaker and Sean, and I forget who else, but uh, Razor Ramon. Lex obviously. Luger.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he is the total package. So I guess, what's your guys' thoughts on the WWF title and Intercontinental title modes in the Arcade game? Uh,
1: you know, it's, so the, like, the difference is that in the Intercontinental, you start with one-on-one matches, then move to two-on-one matches, and then it's a three-on-one match for the Intercontinental title. And then in the world title, you start with two-on-one matches, then go to three-on-one matches, then you have to beat everybody, including yourself. In the They call it a Royal Rumble, which it isn't, of course, um, because in a Royal Rumble, it's every man for himself as opposed to everybody beats the shit out of one guy. Uh, um, but I I mean, I'm with Eric. I like this game a lot. And actually, what's really interesting is there's currently a Kickstarter for a documentary about Midway in the 90s with um, a lot of interviews with people like Eugene Jarvis and um, Mark Turmel and Sal DeVita and all these people who worked on all these arcade games. Uh, In the '90s, and there's a ton. Even just looking at the trailer um, for this documentary, there is uh, a bunch of candid footage of when they were capturing this digitized footage of the wrestlers. Of just like Mm -hmm. yeah, of just like Yokozuna, just like fucking around, (laughs) and like you know, and all this stuff. And it's really like, and that is the main. Like, I'm interested in that documentary, anyways, because that's a very specific time period that I think is really fascinating because it's sort of like the revitalization of the arcades after like a decade of nobody giving a shit about arcade games really Um, but also that the wrestling all the clips of the wrestling stuff that they got their hands on from whoever still had that stuff like is really cool to me as both a wrestling nerd and a video game nerd so I think it's called Insert Coin I want to say and it's like it's the Kickstarter just started Um, uh, let's see here But, uh, yeah, even just like I would say to people, it's called Insert Coin Inside Midway's 90s Revolution. And, uh, again, I would just say like, you know, just, oh, because the the guy who's making it used to work at Midway. That makes sense. Um, Just watch the trailer, even if you don't, you know, even if you don't give to the Kickstarter or whatever, just just watch the trailer because you'll be like, oh, man, oh, I can't believe that. Um, you know, that there's like this, it's just like Yokozuna sitting on a couch with, I think Mr. Fuji <laughs> and they're just like dicking around. Mr. Fuji's not even in the game, but yeah, whatever. Well,
0: oh, he's there managing Yokozuna. Come on.
1: Oh well, yeah, of course. Um, but so it's, it's over halfway to its goal and it's got 21 days left, so it'll probably make it. Um, but it looks, like I said, really interesting. So, you yeah, know, check it out, check out, watch the, just again, just
2: watch the trailer cause it,
1: it looks really cool. And there is some candid stuff from there.
2: And the yeah. next game is WWF in Your House for DOS Sega Center, and PS One. That came out October 1996.
0: Yeah, it's just a better version of uh, WrestleMania the arcade game, basically.
2: I'm gonna, or, I'm gonna just
0: say it's a worse version. No, of right, WrestleMania. WrestleMania the arcade game. I don't think I don't know if I ever played that because it wasn't it's, available it's, on it's, system that I had when it was would have been relevant
2: to my interests. It's bad. If okay. WWF was in my house, I hope Bill Mercer didn't come with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to throw out there that um, before we move away from the uh, the Super Nintendo era of wrestling games entirely, that uh, the actual, it, unless it's a Fire Pro game, the actual... Be- or, I don't know. Didn't, didn't, did you say, Joe, that any of the Fire Pro games for Super Nintendo came out here? No, none of them came out here. I don't think so. So anyway... For, in my opinion, the best wrestling game on the Super Nintendo is Saturday Night Slam Masters, which is doesn't oh, have any man. license associated with it whatsoever. But it's it it is a silly arcade style wrestling game that has like giant characters and it plays really good and it's made by Capcom. Surprise, surprise! Like that was the yeah. era when Capcom was at their height. And making amazing fighting games like, say, Street Fighter 2 and making amazing beat 'em up games like, you know, the Final Fight series, and they they put um, just enough of both of those two things into Saturday Night Slam Masters, and put out a just a fantastic wrestling game.
1: Yeah, there's a, that's on uh, Super Nintendo and Genesis, and actually, yeah. I made a video about those two. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, and uh, the. The, I know uh, you have a deep love and appreciation for that game, yeah, more so yeah. than even I do. But I, I, do agree with you that it is a, it is a fantastic wrestling game, and that um, if there's anything of that era that's really, really worth going back and playing, it's probably that. Yeah.
1: Well, plus that's Mike Hagar. Uh, yeah, plus, yeah, the <laughs> uh, mayor. But the the, the fucking the mayor. Son. The Super Nintendo version supports the the multi tap. Yeah, which is awesome. And the Genesis version has a death deathmatch mode that's not in the Super Nintendo or arcade versions. So definitely worth checking that out. But as we leave the Super Nintendo behind, we go headlong into the garbage of the 32-bit era with, uh, with In Your House. And the only thing that's interesting about In Your House is that the roster, it's one of those things where like, Clearly, they started making this game at a very specific time because the Ultimate Warrior is in it.
2: Yeah, because, yeah, Joe, <laughs> didn't you just talk about that in the Uncensored 98 podcast? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, Martin Dixon and I talked about this for a minute. But, yeah, he was around for, like, a cup of coffee in 1997, and somehow he ended up in this video game. A cup of coffee and, in the big leagues. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, this, this is a game that basically... So what the deal was is that at the time, Acclaim... Midway didn't wasn't doing their own home ports, so Acclaim was doing ports of all Midway's games. And pretty much the only good games that Acclaim was putting out uh, in most of the sixteen and early thirty-two bit era were ports of Midway arcade games. They did uh, they did Mortal Kombat, and they did uh, WrestleMania, and NBA they did arcade, yeah. whatever. So the NBA Jam, NBA Jam stuff.
0: Tournament Edition,
1: yeah. And so and yeah. so they. Midway didn't make an arcade sequel so Acclaim took it upon themselves to make a home console sequel to Wrestlemania the arcade game and the result is just a steaming pile it's, it's really bad so unless you really want to like, play as digitized Triple H um, I would say
2: like avoid it one of the greatest <laughs> things that came out of In Your House the game was Triple H saying get your filthy hands off me <laughs> <laughs> it might be the only good thing that came out of that game
0: Fair enough.
2: But the next yeah. the next game is WWF Warzone that came out on the Game Boy, PlayStation One, and the Nintendo 64 that came out in July of
0: 1998. Yeah, the video game that exploded wrestling video games. Yeah,
1: this is a game that I think at the time I appreciated because it was more playable than most.
0: Yeah, got games. amazing review scores i mean it was it, it was it's not a good game but it, it was carried um by a really amazing character creation um tool set that just allowed you to make some you know just totally crazy and awesome dudes and then give them whatever moves that you wanted but actually playing those games was kind of torturous because um, the animation like The animations are really stiff and weird and you have to input stuff on the c buttons on the n64 controller to do special moves and it's just not it is not as much fun as the sort of simple and elegant um aki wrestling engine that was used in all the the really really good um games but um at at a certain time at a certain place um say in 1997 like that (laughs) game was one of the for a lot of people, that game was one of the best games that came out in 1997. But um, 98, it, it, and 98. Sorry, yeah. pardon me. But it's it is uh, it is not uh, aged well at no, all. No,
1: it's, it's aged like soft cheese. It's fucking terrible.
2: Yeah, I don't want the, I don't mention this on the podcast, but I don't think you, you guys heard my story in regards to playing WWF Warzone. That yeah, when it came out, I think I would have been about yeah, I would have been ten the, the summer it came out then. I think I would have been in uh, beginning of fifth grade. I was playing this game on a after school one day, and I was playing the WWF Challenge mode. And can't remember who my character was, but you know they have the Grunge mode or Grunge Challenge or whatever else. When random guys would challenge you and all that, they would have a little video on saying why they want to challenge you. And the guy that challenged me was Kane. And this was a time when Ken didn't say anything, and you just hear you know behind him he was like a burning warehouse and all that, and you just hear <laughs> kids chanting burn in hell, burn in hell <laughs> and yeah, you know, my brothers are off you know doing their after you know they're doing work and after school activities, and my my mom was at work, and I was scared. Shatless because of that. I had to call my grandmother and cry on the phone to her about that because of a silly video game. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, so I was
1: sixteen when this game came out, so that was not. Or I was fifteen uh, when it came out, so I, I don't know that I had that experience. But I've had that. I've had experiences like that with other older games. So you're not. You're not alone. I'm. I'm happy <laughs> to hear that. um but what – so speaking of those videos, so yeah, like like you said, sometimes somebody will challenge you and be like, it's a grudge match. You, they want a rematch for whatever else. Uh, there's a compilation on YouTube of all the Ahmed Johnson ones and you just like – just find, find it and watch it because it's like – it's just – like I don't know if he just had marbles in his mouth all the time or what the deal was but like he, you don't even – I'm like <laughs> – <laughs> How did they not say, like, maybe they did do a bunch of takes and they were just like, fuck it, this is as good as we're going to get, so let's just keep it, or what, but it's like, it's hilarious because he's so mush you can't understand a word he's saying. Um, Yeah, anyways, and then, yeah. so the follow-up was Attitude. Yeah, right? that came yeah.
2: out on the Game Boy Color N64, PS1, and Dreamcast, that came out July of 1999. It's the so same did, game.
0: Did either of you guys ever play any of the handheld versions of those games? Because I never did. I, I, never have, did I have to assume that they're quite a bit different um than the N sixty four counterpart, just you know, based on the fact that they couldn't do three D graphics. So I wonder what no. those games are all about I have no, wait, to assume no, that they're just you know
1: what? I'm sorry, I did. I won one in you? a lot. Yeah, recent when I did when I did my WWF Superstars video, I didn't have the Game Boy games, and on eBay, somebody had a lot that was Superstars 1, Superstars 2, and Warzone mm-hmm. for, like, I don't know, $10 or something like that. And I was like, well, fuck it. Um, and I played Attitude long enough, or sorry, Warzone long enough to, like, make sure that it worked before I left feedback on eBay. Uh, and it's, it's awful. <laughs>
0: Okay, it's really is it bad. just like a really bad 2D wrestling game? Yeah, is it's a it, really, it's a really We're talking rad- like Nintendo style. Um, is it? Do you have to do inputs to do moves like you do in No, I don't. The Attitude don't games, so. or no, I don't think so.
1: I think you just do um, just like grappling, and then yeah, just like
0: yeah. Okay. I I honestly don't know. Like that's the um. Having to do inputs on the, C's, the C um, buttons is like one of the nightmares of my teenage years. Yeah, no, it's like... And we thought it was awesome. What was wrong with us? Yeah, yeah. Well, we just were, didn't have anything we better. It's, start, just, it's a testament to the state of wrestling video games, basically. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of
1: flailing around. It's not good.
0: Yeah,
2: okay. So the next game that came out was WWF WrestleMania 2000. That came out. That came out on uh, Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color in October 1999. Uh, that uh, that is a pretty, pretty good. good game. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: although, as we've said many times before, sort of rendered obsolete
0: by yeah, once No Mercy came out. But yeah, I just the you know same same as we talked about with the WCW versions of those. With just the the grappling system is just elegant, simple, and makes a a totally playable wrestling game.
2: Yeah, one of my favorite things on the WrestleMania 2000 game was was their Road to WrestleMania mode that you can select a wrestler and play through the entire calendar year. You're rotating from Raw, Sunday Night Heat, Raw, Sunday Night Heat, for and that's the whole month, and you go to pay-per-views and all that. I, that's one thing I enjoyed, and I always had a t- tough time on winning the Royal Rumble during that Road to WrestleMania uh, series, and I it, whenever I did play through the whole year, I never ended up holding the WWF title at WrestleMania. Yeah.
1: And that, well, so that, it, it, that's again, sort of the thing where it's like, it, it, it there's a gem of what you get. Like it's, it's definitely more complex than what you had in WCW and Revenge, uh, by the same company. But then it's, it's still only a germ of what you get with no mercy um but i mean it's definitely something that adds to the replay value is that road to wrestlemania mode so
2: and the next game that came out is WWF SmackDown for the PlayStation 1 that came out March of 2000 uh so this is again
1: oh so okay well, so it's important to mention this is basically the start of what the this was like the first game in the current series of WWF right.
0: This is the foundation upon which the past, whatever, 15 years of wrestling video games has been. Right? Yeah, yeah yep. basically. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit, yeah. that's a long time for them to keep continuously pumping out games that play basically the same as this one did. Yeah.
1: This one's a lot more fast paced than the current ones are, and they've tweaked the formula a lot. But, I mean, it basically, like, you can. If you play this, and then you play. You know, 2K15, like, right. you are you will understand that this is the same, you know, that you're basically looking at the same thing. Um, it's really fast-paced, though. It's really hard to do anything off the turnbuckle because nobody stayed down very long. They, all the guys would get up super fast. Um, what was cool about SmackDown and SmackDown 2 Know Your Role mm-hmm. is that they both had uh, multiplayer story modes hmm So you could get together with a bunch of buddies, like up to four, I think, or three buddies, up to four people total, and you could play a season mode, like, all together. And, like, a lot of it didn't make sense. Like, you'd end up in a main event with, like, D'Lo Brown. <laughs> but, like... So that was always weird. Like, it didn't, that was like, great. Are you the, kidding the, me? The booking uh, uh, engine wasn't really nailed down yet. But, like, there was, like... I want to say it was based on, like, a point system. The more wins you got, the more oh. points you had. And once you had a certain number of points... You could challenge for the Intercontinental title, and then you had more points, you could challenge for the World title. If
2: I remember correctly, I think ranking one through five, you challenged for the World title. One through 10 was for the Intercontinental title, and one through 20 was a European and hardcore titles or something like that? Yeah, something like that. Although, so actually, I should
1: mention that the company that made this is a company called Ux, and they still make... The WWF games to this day. That's uh, pretty so much Th- all they make. That's pretty much all they make. THQ published them for a long time, and now 2K is publishing them, but it's still Ux is doing the actual development. And they did a game that came out on the PlayStation that was called Power Move Pro Wrestling. Um, basically, this series started as, uh, as a, a New Japan series called uh, T- Tokon Retsuden, which was on the PlayStation and the Dreamcast um, and, and Power Move Pro Wrestling, which was ported, which was brought to the U.S. by Activision, of all people, um, <laughs> on the PlayStation 1 was, like, I think it was the first, the Tukan Bobby Kotick passion project. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, it was <laughs> the first, <laughs> the first, uh, Toukan Retsuden, Retsuden, uh, game just brought to America with fiction of cast of fictional wrestlers. You had like, you know, four grapple moves total. It was very slow paced, but it's a kind of interesting thing to go back to just to see like, that's really the beginning of the modern WWE game. But this was the first WWE licensed one. And then SmackDown two is basically just more of the same. Um, There's not really any significant differences. I don't believe, except that you maybe have a couple more moves and the creator wrestler was way more robust in terms of the look of your character. Uh, was way more robust than SmackDown 2. SmackDown 2 is actually still one of my favorite wrestling games, and I do still put it in my PlayStation on occasion and just play a couple matches with it.
2: Well, I I think I totally forgot to uh, put SmackDown 2 on the outline, but, Joel, I'm happy you talked about it. (laughs) I do do my best. (laughs) Thank you. I guess the next game that I have on the outline is WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo 64 that came out in November of 2000. So this is the big one, right? This is
1: still so I'm going to just going to say it and I know a lot of people agree and maybe some people don't, but I still think this is the best 3D wrestling game ever made.
2: I still play it to to this day. I even played it uh for about a half hour last night just preparing for this uh, for this podcast.
1: Yeah. It's got a huge roster, it's got a huge move set for uh creating wrestlers, a a really robust creator wrestler system. Uh, and I think the thing that for me that sort of keeps me coming back to it is that the story mode has all these, so you pick a belt that you want to go for and then each belt has a bunch of branching paths, uh, that it shows you. So it'll like, as you play through it, it'll show you the different branches that you could take. So if you win a match or lose a match, if you win a match in a certain way or win it in a different way or whatever, the paths branch, if you start as the champion or if you start as not the champion, then that starts it at a different, on a different path. Um, and that, I think, is what modern games are really missing as far as uh, replay value is that you're not, like, there's a certain number of sort of uh, angles that you go through. But since they're all fully voiced, there's not a lot of room for diversity and. Uh, you either have to, like, some of them now, like, they'll put you, you play as a certain, you have to play as a certain guy, and then you sort of either, like, relive a past angle again, or, you know, whatever. Um, but No Mercy really, because all the dialogue is text, it really, that and um, Here Comes the Pain are both sort of benefit from that text-only interactions in the story <laughs> mode. So that there's so many possibilities and so many branching pathways and f- so many angles uh, that that they're, they're, the replayability is so deep in those in those two games. Okay. Um, and th-
2: oh, talk about the branching! Yeah. That I know, I yeah, I've, I've had that game for at least ten years, if not longer. And with all the titles and all that, all the branching, I still have not fully completed every single branch for every title. Yeah, I think that no, says a yeah, lot about
1: neither. the game. Yeah, me same. Me neither. And I will say that I had sold my N64 by the time this game came out, and I bought, my, I, I reacquired an N64 to play this game, and I don't regret it. Of course, it's still the same N64 that I have now. So I guess like whatever. It's it's definitely made like been worth the money since then. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I definitely don't regret doing that. And there's still like a huge community around this game. If you go. Uh, there's actually a really old episode of On The Stick where I talked about my troubles trying to get, like, some certain mods. Joe spends
0: a half an hour talking about the <laughs> six hours he spent trying to mod this game.
1: Yeah, but I did. I was eventually successful. And uh, there's still new mods that people make. Um, I, the one I played was, like, old-school WWF, so it had, like, Rick Rude and Earthquake and Jake Roberts and their old gear. And, like, people just are, like, going through and finding super high-resolution photographs of these wrestlers and their gear at the time and then like putting them on these models and um, in an N64 emulator the graphics like they're still blocky they're still like low polygon but they the textures look much sharper than they do on an actual N64 and it looks really good and there's like people make like Ring of Honor mods for it and you know whatever all that stuff and so there's a huge modding community around the game that uh, somebody has modded
2: in
0: all the NXT characters now no, that see. also exists.
2: Now. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, you go.
0: Uh the
1: next so game... If you want to play as Kevin Owens and No Mercy, you can do that now, I guess. Yeah. The next game Um oh, sorry. Yeah,
0: those those games are those games are super great back in the day, but I I don't really enjoy playing them much these days. Um like I I've said that like the the grappling system is simple and elegant, but um I also feel like they got super repetitive really quickly. Um they're kind of as good as you're going to get outside of like the Saturday Night Slam Masters, the WrestleMania, the arcade games of the world that really pump up and make things more arcadey and fun and more like a fighting game. But um, it's just the the pacing kind of bogs down after a while. But um, but yes, please please continue.
2: Uh, the next game I have that was a short-lived game, maybe it was around maybe a year. Was called. With authority, that was for a PC that came out July of two thousand and one. That was pretty much yeah. the online version of SuperCard that's around no.
1: Sort of. It was. It was more like I think it was closer to. A, it was called Raw Deal, I think, which was like an actual collectible card game that uh, WWE licensed in the late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, yeah, I never. Pl- I never. Played this or did anything
2: with it? So. I I played it once. Well, my friend was friend during that time, uh, played it and all that, and got me into it. I and right when I got into it, I think like a month later they closed sh- closed shop and 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 much, yeah, a couple months after that, then everybody quit playing it. So, but yeah, it's like I said, it's pretty much kind of like why well, it's kind of like supercar now, but a lot more detailed.
1: Right, it's not just war. <laughs> Yeah, just
2: <laughs> super tired is. So. And yeah, the next game I have is WWF SmackDown, Just Bring It, on a PlayStation 2 that came out in November of 2001.
0: That's an yep. upgraded it's, version of the other SmackDown. I think, it, like, the Joe story mentioned, mode is um,
1: truncated pretty badly, though.
0: Yeah. Um, it wasn't until Here Comes the Pain came out, which was the next one in that series, that sort of expanded the story mode. Um, and. Um, I might be skipping a couple of things, but that was the last wrestling game that I played a ton of, um, was Here Comes the Pain. Like, that game had everything I needed as far as, um, character creation stuff. Just a ridiculous amount of options and a ridiculous number of moves and, um like the flexibility for my brother to co- co- create the and villain, which I'm pretty sure was the basis for the, uh, what's that? the NXT tag team, the vaudeville villains, like the their Vaude shitty villains. version of the, the and villain. <laughs> um, it was basically Danny DeVito and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. There good. was
1: a, there was a couple, uh, there was that and there was SmackDown. Shut your mouth came before, here comes yeah. the pain. But I feel like both of those had similar flaws. One of them had like this weird first person thing where you had to walk around backstage and talk to people. That's here comes the pain, stay. man.
0: That was pretty. What there were some it? pretty special character interactions in that game. Oh man, yeah.
1: So, yeah, but I don't, there was I don't,
0: always. Um, so every time you played through a season in that, there was um, there was always a love interest. So it would just sort of randomly spit out, um, say like one of the backstage wrestlers it could be almost anyone was interested in one of the divas, which could be anyone. So like, sometimes it was like Rey Mysterio was trying to hook up with ivory or whatever. Um, and there was always, and you were always trying to steal the, the guy's girlfriend and somebody, they would always accuse you of trying to throw salt in their game. Hey man, why are you trying to throw salt in my game? And it's just, um, <laughs> it, so it wasn't, it wasn't an extremely, um, complicated way for them to um, procedurally generate storylines in that game, but it was always kind of entertainingly uh, goofy, um, the way it would just sort of spit spit stuff out at you um, to that random – or not random, but uh, procedurally generation system. and um, it, it made it worth playing through the story mold multiple times, which my friends and I did. We would just create – um, tag teams and then play through the the, the co-op tag team story mode. I, we put tons of hours into that game. It was kind of the last wrestling game that I played a lot of. Yeah,
2: um, that, one's,
0: yeah that one's pretty
2: good. And I guess the only other note for respect on just spin is, is the first game to feature Michael Cole and Taz's commentators? That's, that's a wrestling dark
0: hole from wrestling, which we never returned. Wrestling, commenta- wrestling commentary teams and wrestling games man just fucking mute that shit
1: yeah turn it off you have
2: to mute you have to mute any sports game really just
1: play
0: music in the background
1: yeah Yeah, there's any sports game that has kind of oh it's awful better off just turning it off
2: and the next game is wwf raw for xbox and pc that came out february of 2002
1: Uh, i don't remember if it's this one or the one after it but or maybe both of them was rushed to market See, well, raw like, too. Yeah, raw 2. I don't remember which one it was, but one of them had was was very rushed and as a result is just buggy as a motherfucker. And I remember the big innovation being that oh, you can attack guys when they're walking to the ring. Mm-hmm. That was the big innovation. Like what's what's special about this game? Well, oh, they were also supposed to they were, in the aisle.
0: they were supposedly like um I for, I don't remember who developed them, but that was that company trying to rip off the AKI Uh, system, and doing kind of a mediocre job at it.
1: I don't remember who it was, but I feel like they might have gone out of business after Raw 2, whatever development house it was. But, yeah, it's not good.
2: The next game is WWF WrestleMania 18 for the GameCube that came out June of 2002.
1: Yeah, the WrestleMania, so uh basically gamecube had that the series that happened on gamecube for the next couple of games was the WrestleMania or the the yeah the WrestleMania series it's like WrestleMania 18 19 and 21 yeah, 20, like a, a,
2: 21
1: yeah. um all three of those are basically the same one of them has this really awkward beat em up mode in it where like i remember there's like a stage of, like a construction site and you have to beat up a bunch of randos like with your wrestling moves at this construction site, and like I don't remember which one. I think it was WrestleMania nineteen. I don't remember, but none of them. The, basically, none of them are very good. One of them had I think it was X eight or you know eighteen had the uh, the NWO, but they didn't want to pay for the music. So when the NWO guys come <laughs> out, it's just this like super generic blues guitar that is like and that like sort of ruins the experience of having the NWO or whatever. All three of them are not. They're not worth your time. In my opinion,
2: then yeah, do we have anything more to talk about for WWE SmackDown? Shut your mouth for PS2 that came out in October of two thousand two. Nope, <laughs> no, I think we pretty much covered that whole series. Okay, yeah. then WWE Crash Hour that came out came Crush out for no, Crash Hour, yeah, Crash okay. Hour. Sorry, uh, Paul Bill Mercer, uh, yeah, for the <laughs> <laughs> for the PS2 and GameCube that came out in March uh, March of two thousand and three. Let me tell you, if you want shitty twisted metal, this is your game.,
0: yes. there are so many shitty twisted metals. <laughs> this is the only one that has uh f themed yeah monster trucks in it but um, and, and Jim ross commentary <laughs> yeah it's a yeah it's a, it is a bad twisted metal rip off um i there's some pretty funny um and by funny, I mean awkward and bad. Character skit things that you can look up on YouTube and watch. There's a really stupid one. So, the basic premise of this game is that Vince McMahon had, owns all of te- television, he owns everything in TV. <laughs> and it's an attempt- a the story. In an attempt to expand on the programming, he makes his the, the WWF superstars drive cars around and try and kill each other, um, Twisted Metal style. Um, but there's all these little FMV sequences uh, sprinkled throughout the game that show WWF characters doing other types of shows. So there's like a cane cooking show where he, <laughs> he tries to grill some sausages and hilarious hijinks ensue. There's a whole bunch of little skits like that. They aren't... They aren't genuinely funny in any way, but th- I would say that they are worth checking out um, in a, like, uh um, and fraud. Like, how the fuck did this kind of stuff ever get made? S- similar
1: to the uh, mm-hmm. re- the, the uh, Mortal Kombat 4 endings that are making their rounds now for, for people. People are suddenly rediscovering the terrible endings in Mortal Kombat 4 and watching those on YouTube.
0: Yes. So,
1: uh, you know, And I just realized, speaking of games that are, like... Um, uh you know like not wrestling games basically uh we skipped one which was wwf betrayal which i didn't see on your list uh but it's something that i did want to mention because i actually i actually like it quite a bit so um are you familiar
2: with this game at all uh eric nope i don't think so other eric are you familiar no i know i did, originally did have some uh some game, uh, WWF games that were on the Game Game Boy, that I just took off the list because I n- knew nothing about. Sure. So this one, <clears throat> this one is it is a Game Boy game, but it's not a wrestling
1: game. It's a Double Dragon style beat 'em up, and it was done by Way Forward, who did like Contra Four, and uh, you know do a lot of like two D stuff that people really like. The recent the Wii version of Boy and his Blob, stuff like that. They did all that stuff. They did this game. And it's basically you pick uh Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, or The Undertaker, and you have to rescue Stephanie McMahon. And it's like it's WWF Double Dragon. And it's not very long, but it's like it's weirdly amusing just because it's so different from what you would normally expect from a WWF game. It's not an especially great beat-em-up. Uh it's definitely not what, what Way Forward would eventually Go on to do they, they? I mean, it's no Double Dragon Neon. Let's put it that way. But uh, it's it's since it's so fucking offbeat for a WWF game, I I do kind of recommend it, especially since it's also really cheap. If you're interested, or you could just emulate it, I guess.
2: The next game that we already touched upon, but but was WWE WrestleMania 18 uh, for the or 19 for the GameCube that came out September 2003. Is there anything else that we should? Uh, talk about it for that game no nah, it sucks yeah <laughs> next next game is wwe smackdown here comes the pain on ps2 in october 2003 is there anything else we want, should talk about for that game
0: nope i think i said everything i had to say that was yeah. the last wrestling game that i really enjoyed um i and just based on reading reviews and hearing how little wrestling games have evolved over the whatever 12 years since that came out um, I have not ever felt inspired to actually try any of the other ones
1: yeah I mean I think Eric really with his gushing said it all (laughs)
2: yeah
1: (laughs) it's a really fantastic it's one of the last great wrestling games in my estimation as well I have played more I've put a lot of time into more wrestling games since then but I think it's yeah. one of the. I feel. Lots.
0: I feel like great may be overstating how good that game is, and like the grand sense of video games. But as far as wrestling games go, um, it was just the just the flexibility in the story mode makes that one stand out. Once they started adding voice speech and, and FMV stuff, it just didn't. Um, there was just kind of no point in playing it more than once. But um, to have it procedurally generated, sort of made it fun to have whatever Booker T do the uh the, man, there was such a great animation of Booker T uh doing the uh i, I, I don't remember what it's called. The the you sucker thing where he <laughs> puts his head in his hand and shakes his head. The Spinneroone? No not the well, was, I mean. think it's like, the thing where he's like talking to his own hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, got yeah. a there's a name for that. I don't remember. I can't remember exactly. It's been a really long time since I played that game, but um we just always got a kick out of um the various ways that they would integrate these scenes that they had that the 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 procedural generation system would integrate all that stuff back into the the storyline in just some hilarious ways
2: anyway uh the next game is w w e raw two for Xbox that came out in September two thousand and three. The only other note that I wanted to talk about this, which I know you guys would uh get a good kick out of is that yeah had four different referees that did. Four different kind of things. Uh, Earl Hebner was the regular <laughs> referee. Tim White was uh-huh. a fast-moving referee. Mike Kyoto was a fast-counting referee. And our favorite, Nick Patrick, was a slow-moving and in, in slow-counting <laughs> referee. So, yes, oh, Nick yeah, okay. Patrick so was, was a bad referee. Yes. Bad
0: referee, Nick Patrick. It's true his character,
2: then. It's accurate.
0: Yeah. Is, is that the only series that has the ref in the ring with you? Because that seems like a terrible idea.
1: No, a lot of a few games that we've talked about. Some of the 16-bit ones even had the ref in there, and you could bump the ref. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying. I can. I knew. We, I, I figured like we we had skipped over that, but
2: I, th- I think this is one of the first s- games that had multiple referees. Definitely that. Yeah, for sure. Then uh, the I guess the next couple of games I kind of want to clump together is WWE Dave of Reckoning that came out for GameCube. The first one came out uh, uh, August of 2004. The second one came out August of 2005. And both were pretty much one of the same. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, were those different
0: thing? than the WrestleMania X Eight and WrestleMania Nineteen? Yeah, there yeah. were those based on the same thing.
2: Yeah, I approached the same thing, you know. Then one, the yeah. yeah, next one I want to mention that I approached clump everything together is the WWE SmackDown versus Raw series that first came out in November two thousand
1: four. Right. Yeah. So I think that I think that um, Day of Reckoning is is. Those games aren't bad. And if you have a GameCube, they're, the second one is the better of the two. They're worth checking out. SmackDown versus Raw, I think at this point, I mean, they're not called Amazing that anymore. Amazing box art. Yeah, really great box art. But I mean, at this point, they're not called that anymore, but they may as well be, right? So, I mean, like we said with SmackDown, that was the beginning of the current series. And I can't think of any of the installments. Like, I played a lot of them. I probably played all of them, in fact. But none of them really super... Super stand out. Um, I played them a lot with my roommate at the time. Uh, several of the installments, we played the shit out of them. But I don't. They, they were so similar to each other that it's hard for me now to remember which is
2: which. Same thing with me. I really didn't feel like each one, each year, should had his own talking point. Because yeah, same thing with me. That everyone was pretty much similar and didn't really change much from each year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure if you played the first one and put it up against the last one, especially since by then the series was on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, there's probably some difference. But really, like, I I don't even... If you asked me which one was the best one and which one was the worst one, I don't know that I could tell you. And again, I'm pretty sure I played them all, but... You know, I think the problem is that's when, that, that's really when WWE ga- wrestling games became like the same sort of annualized sports franchise as like basketball, yeah. football, baseball. And that's like when you're on a schedule to make a, ga- a new game every year, I think you lose something. You know what I mean? Um, the same thing as like, and even, but even like the, the, um, uh, like Call of Duty, like, they split it between uh. two studios. So each studio has like hypothetically two years to work on their installment. But like, with wrestling games, it's the same. It's always ukes. So they're working on a new game every year and it's just not... There's just not the time to make something that's really significantly an upgrade over the last year's version. So
2: and now The next game I have is WWE Wrestling 21 for the Xbox. That came out April 2005. We Talked about that. Uh, then the following game is WWE WWE Legends of WrestleMania that came out for PS3, Xbox 360, iPhone, iPod Touch. That came out March of 2009.
1: Yeah, that was uh, yeah. one of those things where I really wanted to applaud them for trying something different, but it didn't work out. Yeah, it it, it was Quick Time Events, the wrestling game. Yeah. Do you guys have? It a turns joke? out that's
0: not a real fun way to play a video game. No, it's not. Although people are still putting that garbage in video games, so I guess somebody likes it.
1: Somebody, but I don't know who.
0: Unless it's if people Asura's really Wrath like uh, dra- no quick time events, but As- Asura's Wrath is the one notable exception, and maybe the first hour of, uh, um,
1: Dragon's Lair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was going to say Indigo Prophecy, but okay. Oh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that game is uh is interesting but not really worth checking out. Now, on the other
2: hand, WWE The All- next game, WWE All Stars for PS2, PS3, PS Portable, the Wii, Nintendo 3DS, Xbox 360 that came out March of 2011
0: yeah i really i really like that game it's flawed in a lot of ways and it really really needed a sequel where they could have you know put in a story mode and put in some creative stuff and made the character models models not be so hideous but um like they were on to something with that that game it's fast and it's fluid and it's different than all the other wrestling games that had come before it and Um, the exaggerated moves are maybe a little bit much. It would be nice if you could sort of turn that off or tone it down a bit. But, um, that game was, that game is just fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I like that game a lot. The the 3DS version came out pretty long after the fact. That's the version that I have. And it, um, it includes all the DLC characters without having to pay for all the DLC characters. So, um...
0: But yeah, There's something I, there. I like the it's, it's too bad that uh, that that didn't get uh, didn't yeah. get any. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know why. It's, I mean, I guess it didn't sell well enough or whatever. But it also the fact that it has a lot of classic. It has like a the roster is split between classic wrestlers and and current wrestlers.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's a very good roster. So. Dusty Rhodes is in it, and Jake yep. the Snake Roberts is in it, and Macho Man. You, Macho Man, yeah, Ultimate Warrior, which whatever, but Roddy Piper and Bret Hart, and um, yeah, it's a it's a pretty it, that that game was a lot of fun and it was a, a very fresh take on what wrestling games could be. Um, and yeah, it's too bad that it it was like oh, for, well, I mean, obviously, like THQ isn't even around anymore, so right. that's part of the reason why it didn't get a sequel, but um. All well, right, yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, I was trying to find some sales numbers for it, but I I can't. I, I mean, tune anything. You know,
1: the, 2K could have if they got the WWE license, they could get the studio who did that or the people behind it to make another. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, just because it's not THQ
0: anymore doesn't.
1: I'm watching, by the way, I'm watching a WWE Crush Hour match, and this just looks like fucking torture.
0: <laughs> Did you? I so I put into the Skype chat some of the uh, yeah I watched that stuff. The, that was that was, great. It was pretty good,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, that was
0: great. Um, so yeah, All Stars. I like I, I don't know what happened to that. I think it was a THQ San Diego that made that game, and I don't know oh, if that studio is still around or it probably got closed down when THQ went out of business. But yeah. Oh man, now I'm sad because I like THQ had some really good stuff. um and they just kind of put all their eggs in the wrong baskets. Yeah.
2: Anyway. The next two games I'm going to clump in cuz they they were released in the same year. WWE 12 that was that was released in January of 2012 and <laughs> WWE 13 that was released in October of 2012.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh I the, the 2K series has not done a Same as the SmackDown series. Yeah, I mean it's just a continuation.
0: I will I will give i don't know what iteration of that series um, started put it in the putting in the creator story stuff but um in w w e thirteen there is uh, some fantastic videos of created stories going around um that sort of had like a um, had kind of a moment on YouTube of people playing all kinds of like weird creative stories, including the classic Ghost Problems, which was <laughs> discovered by Vinny Caravella and Jeff Gersman when they did the the Quick Look for GiantBomb.com. That is a great two and a half minutes of wrestling game uh, footage. <laughs> I want to put that. will put that in the uh, in the Skype chat too. Yeah,
1: yeah. But, so I'm um, sorry. This is actually before it was 2K. This was just yeah. Wb12, Wb13. Yeah, WB
0: 13, yeah they change it to 2K once 2K picks up the thing because right. all. I guess I mean I was going to say sports games, but that's not necessarily appropriate. But any any sports like video game, any annual franchise franchise that's put out by 2K has to have 2K in the title. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. So. But I sort year, of put them all in the all in the same yeah. basket. You know? I 12, guess we 30. might as
2: well have just finish the the two K series and then with two K fourteen, fifteen and sixteen if you guys have any other thoughts. You know, they were released October of each year, so Uh I have not played any of them. Yeah, yeah I have the out.
0: last one I played was SmackDown, Here Comes the Pain, so I played w
1: 12 I think, was the last one. That yeah,
0: I-, I just really... I, my The biggest memory I have of all those games is admiring the box art for SmackDown vs. Raw at Blockbuster Video, when that still existed. The Vince and I would Shane, go in there and or, say,
1: or no, the Vince with, like, two different colored eyes or whatever? Is that- yeah,
0: we would look at it, and we would go, man, that's pretty cool-looking box art, and then I so, would say something like, well, yeah, but I hear the reviews say this isn't as good as Here Comes the Pain, and then we would just go play that instead, so...
2: Anyway, I guess uh, we uh, got two more games to talk about, in which I think should be easily easily go quickly. Uh, first one is WWE SuperCard for Android and iOS that came out October or August of 2014. Another Bill Mercer moment.
1: Uh, I uh, I had a severe crippling addiction. To WWE SuperCard last year, but I thankfully mm-hmm. have uh, I'm out of the woods on that because once I get <laughs> <laughs> the problem with Congratulations, that. Congratulations,
0: Joe. The problem admitting you the had solution, a problem is the first step to getting yeah. healthy.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely was the the, the yeah. problem or the solution to that game is that uh, you get to a certain point unless you start paying actual money or literally doing nothing but play that game, you cannot advance any further. Um and that is super not fun and super unappealing to me. So that was basically when I was like, okay, I'm done. Like cuz they have these weekly events, but to participate in the weekly event, either you need to like pay money to get an advantage in the weekly event or you just need to like dedicate like literally all of your time during that event to playing the game over and over and over and over again. And that was not fun. So, like last fall, I finally was just like, you know, towards I want to say like November-ish, I was just like, okay, I'm done now. <laughs> but I knew I do know a couple of people who apparently still play, so I guess they're doing something right. And then, uh, I don't know, Eric, you played not as much as I did, but I you definitely played quite a bit. If I Supercard? I, remember, I played yeah. a
0: little bit. Yeah, I don't know. You know, It's it's war, basically. It is. It was really campy, silly, canned animations for the cards where the cards attack each other. Yeah, That was a good pooping game.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a really good pooping game.
0: Something you could totally play while you were pooping. Yep. Um, and record very little commitment, so.
2: Yep. Now I guess the last game we can touch on is WWE Immortals that came out on Android and iOS that came out January of 2012, or another the, the Bill Mercer moment, January of 2015. <laughs> that game is fucking trash. Yeah, it's is.
0: not good. I never played it. It does do some. It does do some really awesome things with the wrestlers' characters. Um it exaggerates them in really cool ways. Um yeah, I would love to see. And it's in graphically it's based on the uh the Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat 10 slash um Marvel versus not Marvel versus DC, DC. Mortal Kombat versus DC yeah. games. And so it has a really cool look and it really, really makes me want them to take like the characters that they have created in that game and put them into a Mortal Kombat style fighting game, which um that would be fucking amazing cuz the yeah. new Mortal Kombats are really really good the Mortal Kombat versus DC game was really good and a good example of how you can um make a T-rated game that you know is still maintain some of the over the over the top silly violence of the Mortal Kombat series um i think like that's where i'd like to see wrestling games go like either they either have to go in that direction or they have to go super hardcore like the other direction where it's more like a management sim um but one way or the other like that's the change that needs to happen um wrestling games for the most part are just bad fighting games so it would be kind of fun to see somebody put together a wrestling game that is actually a good fighting game um or one I'd, that actually I'd be all, deals I'd be with all about that yeah. yeah one that actually
1: deals with the sort of more yeah. realistic aspects of what wrestling is actually like which is to say Doing what needs to be done to please the crowd, and you know that kind of thing. And actually, uh, um, a couple of people who write for uh, Femziguri, which is like a sort of feminist wrestling blog, which is a great site, um, just released a. Um, let's see here. Just released a like a uh, a game on itch.io called Skin Tight Bitch Fight which I actually haven't played yet, but it's an all-women's uh, wrestling game, and apparently it's more about, like, the booking and, and creating an entertaining match than just, like, beating the shit out of each other. Uh, okay. So yeah.
0: so, yeah. I know there's a lot of forum games and, like, text um, and, like, wrestling fantasy booking-type things that exist in various forums, but I've never really messed with any of those.
2: Yeah. I guess that's um, it. So, do you have... I guess I do, I do have... <laughs> I did uh, put out a request for some Twitter questions. We did get one uh, from Anthony, right. from Anthony at a Pulp Forty Five. He asked, "Is SmackDown Here Comes the Pain the best WWE video game?" Uh, so I think we're going to be split on that. I'm going to say no. I think it's No
0: Mercy. But... I think it's. Pro- I mean, it's top three probably. We- yeah, I would say that, and No Mercy, and the WrestleMania arcade game are probably the three best. Um, best games. Um, I think the ones that like have retained their
2: value over
0: time and might still be worth checking out in some way.
2: I think for the place, a PlayStation game console, only yeah, here comes the pain. It's good, but I agree with Joe that No Mercy is number one in my opinion. Yeah, that game's just always
0: so. Ugh, it's just so slow sometimes. Um, uh, and one other thing on video game wrestling. Um, I have not spent much time other than just doing a deep dive on the wiki page, but um, are either of you f- too familiar with VGCW? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is the ultimate expression of the creator uh, story mode which first appeared and I guess it was the two thousand twelve WWE game, but it's basically there is a streamer named Baza87 who has made a bunch of video game characters and just random like Dracula's in there and Gabe Newell's in there and (laughs) Phoenix Wright and Mega Man and Mario and Bowser and um, he has run I don't like I think he's according to the Wikipedia he's on season ten. Of uh, like making these elaborate, crazy storylines that take place in like this world where video game characters have wrestling matches against each other, um, and for as generic and boring as all the recent WWE video games have been, the VGCW thing sort of um, <laughs> it sort of lends purpose to those sort of generic boring video games. And also um, speaks to the flexibility of the create a story and create a character stuff in there. But um, I don't know I don't know that it's worth watching any of that because as we've said, like the the wrestling engine itself has been unupdated for so long. But um, It's worth it to read through the Wikipedia page and try and like suss out the way that the storylines went and sort of came together because there is some fucking crazy shit.
2: Yeah, I guess I'll let you guys uh, go away with your plugs for the podcast. um oh, i guess that's my am i supposed to that's do you man i don't
0: no, 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 it. know okay. you're the
1: you're joe Schilling. all right so we're not talking about uh bash the beach or
2: whatever oh we can do that uh, okay. after, hey. afterwards if if you guys have time oh okay
1: all right well okay in that case uh so hey check out on where we do all kinds of stuff uh yeah all kinds of stuff there's podcasts and there's videos and there's Stuff about video games and stuff about wrestling and stuff about movies and stuff about Star Trek and whatever—all that stuff—it's all happening at onthestick.com. Uh, if, uh, generally, if you follow the On the Stick Twitter, uh, which is at onthestick, you'll get—I try to put updates for pretty much all the shows there. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can follow me uh, on Twitter. I'm at shake underscore well, and I usually also-
0: you incessantly retweet everything that you post on the <laughs> website. So.
1: that's not—that's not always true. Retweet. Well, maybe everything that I post, but not everything that gets posted.
0: Okay. The last thing I posted was an amazing uh, promo where Sonny takes on Carrot Top that I ripped from an episode of Raw that we watched recently. So you should check that out. That's on the YouTube channel too.
2: Yes. <laughs> then f- Absolutely. Then for me, it's you guys can listen to us at mid-eventstatus.com, soundcloud.com slash mid radio. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us. Review us. We want to beat Jim Ross and the Ross Report because we're tired of his <laughs> hashtag tag, saucy attitude. Uh, we're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Dirty Dog Mes. That's Dog as in D A W G. Dirty Dog M-E-S. And for my co-host Beverly Hills is at Beverly Hills Mes. We're also on Facebook. Facebook.com/slash Made Event Radio. And for Eric and Joe, I want to thank you guys for coming on the podcast. Thank you for, Thanks having for having us. us. And for What a Maneuver, this is a Dirty Dog. we we'll catch you guys next time. Yeah.
1: That was amazing. Yeah. You should get, get much more time than anyone else. That is our show. Good night, everybody. That's so good.